By the way, my Corvette's in the lock garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I like to drive. I used to think I was a pretty good driver. I didn't get a chance to flash shift in a second. I was afraid I'd go through those guys. to headline news with resistance chicks we're your hosts it's friday the 13th i don't think we have a scary show but you know what's kind of i want to start out with get your motor running with uh biden and hiding classified documents in his garage with his corvette which in his mind is the safest place possible to keep those classified documents. no one's stolen his corvette yet what a valid point Duh. you know what i'm saying yeah so we've got that i you know i I could do a whole, the whole show we could spend on that, but we've got a lot more than that coming up. You know, Darren Beatty goes into the scaffold man. What do they call him, Leah? It's a scaffold man. Just scaffold man on January 6th. What is up with that guy? How come no one has looked into him? How come no one can find him? He was encouraging people to go into the Capitol. We've got all of that and so much more. And your friend and mine, Ohio Brett in the house, in studio at Brighty on Studios. You're not going to want to miss what we have for you today. It's going to be a fabulous show of this week's latest headline news. We'll see you in a bit. Okay, so we were joking with Ohio Brett before we came on about it being Friday the 13th. And he said, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Yes. We don't buy any of that garbage, but it is kind of funny that it is Friday the 13th. And we've got dun, 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 the Biden documents in the garage with the Corvette. I mean, it sounds like a game of Clue. It does. This is of. So what I find so disturbing about this entire thing, Leah, is the fact that they came after Trump going down, raiding Mar-a-Lago, not just raiding the Mar-a-Lago. Yes, okay, fine, crazy, that's insanity. But what they did to follow up on every single news station, apoplectic at the idea that Trump might have classified documents in Melania's uh, closet. This is, so the, and now they've come out saying, you know, this isn't really a big deal. People take classified documents home all the time. Yeah, I actually watched a clip from The View where Joy Behar is like, ah, we thought we had Trump and now Biden did it. So now we can't go after Trump. <laughs> At least she's honest. 
I'm actually shocked because most of the other news outlets are just not even hitting the Trump thing or what they're saying is it was it's obviously worse that Trump did it. It's like Biden. Well, Biden was vice president, by the way, so he did not have the ability to 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 take classified documents and declassify them and, right. you know, take them home or anything like that. Sure. Uh, but I want to run this first clip, if we could, uh, where uh, Ducey is asking Biden about the documents. And Biden had a script. And the best thing for all of us is when Biden Goes. veers off of his script and he veered off into his Corvette. <laughs> Okay. Classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway. Was in a garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know. I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately notified, and the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see. We're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. Thank you very much. doing good to see you he ends with that you know we're gonna i'm looking forward to watching this unfold he says <laughs> me too i am too i am looking forward to watching this unfold yeah so when you know with the corvette thing in his garage um i i did actually see a story where hunter biden actually either owned the house or was living in that house at the time the documents were there so, you know, there's questions there with the Chinese. So and there is Biden video and... footage of him uh, backing his Corvette out or pulling it out. And there's a box of like stuff in the garage and people are, are like, those are those the it's a it's a it's a pile of junk. I really don't think that the, the classified documents are there. Maybe they are. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is that first, Leah, this came out with the Penn State. That was number one. That so, would have been enough. Yeah. So uh, so the Penn State supposedly Biden has a think tank there. They do it, The think tank is empty. It does nothing. It's a think tank in name only. It's kind of like Biden's brain. Yeah. It's a think, it's a, it's a thinko. It's a think no. It's a think tank in name only. And, you know, the bigger part of the story is that um, the Chinese CCP communist government uh, has given, ha has given uh, uh, Penn State the, variations in the money, you know, 60, 80 million dollars. Give or take a few. Yeah. Well, and then Biden during that time is taking like a, a salary and for doing nothing up to upwards of like a, a million dollars. Right. So the question is, what was being laundered, laundered through here? 
Was it possible that that Biden brought these documents and the exchange happened through the, the think no, the, the think tank and name only? <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know this all. But the donations that were being it was a money laundering. Yeah. Scheme. Well, there's a lot of different aspects to this. So uh, Tucker Carlson did a search to see if there was anything related to uh, Penn State right. in the Hunter Biden laptop. And he in, found yeah in the actual laptop in itself. the Hunter Biden laptop just to see if there would be some connections here. Well, he found that um, Hunter's daughter was contacted by Pennsylvania, uh, the, the Penn State. state, Penn State, to see if she would be interested in joining like a young global leaders China version, and China would pay her airfare and put her up and business and, class, not and, first. And, and exactly, and not not coach. And, and, and take, and, and because, and it said, because of your, your family's, family's name. name. And then her dad said, well, I would do it. And, and then I would ask for a second ticket so you can take your boyfriend and make a trip out of it. Okay. So we do see some, some peddling here in the it's Biden name. family Biden grooming. And the Chinese knew this. Okay. The, the Communist Party knew that this is how this they know that this is how influence works. You know, I love that on Brighton, we can say whatever we want. Bottom line is Joe Biden would not be president if China did not wish it so. We want Joe. We want Joe. We want Joe. Give when us Joe. You're in the primaries. Nobody wanted Joe Biden. Yes. He was the old guy. You who can imagine these conversations. Together. You've got the people going, okay, we've got this person, this person, this, and then the Chinese go, no, just Joe. And they're like, yeah, but mm, Joe, no, we want Joe. Right. Give us Joe. Exactly. So in contrasting this to the Mar-a-Lago raid, um, Trump's lawyers were going through documents. The FBI had asked them to, to produce documents and they were cooperating. Yes. Okay. But not to the extent that the FBI, I guess, wanted them to. So then you had the raid and now they want to have Trump dead to rights. And it just so happens that Biden is doing not just the same thing, but Trump had the authority to declassify everything. And, and so he could have any of those documents. If they're declassified, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. So let's go ahead and run this uh, clip here from Tucker explaining the contrast between Biden and, and Trump here. Discovered there, and that's why a former CIA director and Michael Beschloss, the historian, suggested it could be time for Donald Trump to be executed by electric chair. And for sure, and this was the consensus in Washington, once these documents were discovered, this crime was unearthed. There was no possibility Donald Trump could ever again run for office. He needed to go to jail. Every person connected to the Biden administration told us that, including Joe Biden himself. What data was there in there that may compromise sources and methods, Biden asked. <laughs> so as Biden was saying that, it turns out that he was, and you'll be shocked to hear this, doing exactly the same thing that he accused Donald Trump of doing. Joe Biden was storing classified documents in a private office at a fake think tank that has been set up for him at the University of Pennsylvania. That fake think tank is called the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement at the University of Pennsylvania. Now, we should tell you we don't know exactly what these classified documents are. And unlike Michael Beschloss and the former head of the CIA, we're not going to speculate. But according to CNN, they were very sensitive. Quote, the classified materials included some top secret files with the sensitive compartmented information designation, also known as SCI, which is used for highly sensitive information obtained from intelligence sources. So what exactly were these materials? Were they the nuclear codes? We're probably going to find out pretty soon because there's no question Merrick Garland 
will unleash one of his signature pre-dawn raids on the University of Pennsylvania at any moment. Because <laughs> it's a national security threat. Merrick Garland will get right on that. But actually, Penn may be a national security event. We know you're very impressed. Your nephew got in. But Penn, as an institution, takes an awful lot of money from the Chinese Communist Party. Not making that up. In recent years, Penn has received more than $50 million from anonymous Chinese donors. So the question is, were those donors peering at the classified documents, the national security secrets that Joe Biden had been stashing at the fake think tank that Penn set up for him? How much access did they have exactly to these documents? We're very much looking forward to the Washington Post expose on that. Okay, so I, I, some gifts just keep on giving. I don't really believe that any of these documents pose some sort of national security risk. I'm not one of those people that had that holds a lot of stock in classified documents and national security like risks. Over a billion classified documents. I mean, come on, give me a break. So, so I am finding a little bit of joy in this. A humor. Yes, absolutely. Biden is the gift that keeps on giving. Now, the question must be asked, are they setting Biden up for a to kind of move him out of the way because they know he just cannot be the candidate in 2024? Yes, I, and I think that is the answer to the question. They are trying to set him up. They do want to take him out. And yeah, I didn't even know the classified documents were there. This is so sad, but not. And it's so funny because <laughs> a lot of uh, newscasters are saying, well, maybe even the Republicans set him up. And the Republicans are like, hey, we didn't do that. Y'all did it. <laughs> you know, the Democrats set right. him up. It reminds me of Jesus saying, can Satan cast out Satan? Well, in this instance, kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're looking at. All right. So I want to roll this next clip. And then we're going to bring in Ohio Brett because I think this is a good um a good topic for him to to weigh in on. I have a Project Veritas clip where we have uh, a Pfizer scientist who it, they knew that there is a is a risk, especially for young males with myocarditis. They knew there were heart issues, and the question remains: Why are these people getting away with it? Let's go ahead and roll those clip. Chris Croce is a senior associate scientist with Pfizer. He goes on to explain a test that is currently taking place at Pfizer. Not to determine the effectiveness, but to see if it is leading to heart attacks. I'm glad you didn't get any uh, myocarditis. Yeah. That's a concern, right? Yeah. More so for younger people. Why? That's what we're looking into right now. Oh, that, cool. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we're doing, we just sent like 3,000 patients samples mm -hmm. to get tested for like elevated troponin levels yeah. um, to see if it's vaccine based or so what's it look like i don't know we're, we just sent that over this past week and the last batch will be sent over next week all external testing we'll see hopefully it's good because well, no. i mean if not then my opinion that might pull something from the market All right, let's bring in Ohio Brett and see what he has to say. And I'm hoping he heard the audio. And if not, we can uh, reiterate what was in that that amazing Project Veritas uh, clip. Ohio Brett, are you there? <laughs> Network in the world. And I'm with two all-stars, the Resistance Chicks 
It's an honor to be back in the locker room with you. And yes, I heard that abomination from the Pfizer clip. And what you're doing is so special, bringing this headline news. I don't know what, uh, what Brandon's think tank is in Pennsylvania. I think he was trying to get the Ohio State Buckeyes playbook, the Penn State, you know, real important <laughs> stuff. We are here sharing truth, uncensored truth. And so it is an abomination. And for those of us who do have those precious Bibles, you can find that in Ezekiel 9 when they are crying out against the abominations in our midst. And that's what we're doing. And I follow your lead. Thank you for coaching me up because it's an exciting journey when you stay grounded on the truth that the Bible will bring. Amen. No, you're absolutely right. And so Ohio Brett, what is your take? You know, we're from Cincinnati. We saw DeMar Hamlin die on the field. God raised him from the dead. And we, we are seeing very clearly that there is a nefarious system where we've got what God wants to do and, and raise people from the dead. And, and what Christ is, is going to have to have the body of Christ kind of step in and do. And then this kind of the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And you are exposing truth by traveling the, the, the 50 states and bringing voices together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brett Bull from Dublin, Ohio, nicknamed Ohio Brett with that sports background. Yes, I accepted that assignment that God gave me to go out to all 50 states. And all praise be to God, we just recently completed that first journey to all 50 states to encourage, recruit, and get funds out to Team Jesus Christ. That's the body of Christ. And yes, we pay attention. So when we see number three for the Buffalo Bills make a hit, stand up, and fall straight backwards and not even break his fall, that's happening everywhere. We're seeing teachers and journalists fall back straight and not even break their fall. So we, those of us who run in the circles of some of the amazing doctors that have been persecuted for simply asking the questions and sharing truth, like Sherry Tenpenny and Brian Artis and Dr. Stella Emanuel and Dr. Judy Mikovits. So that truth's being attacked. We have to ask those questions. Can we please ask the questions? Were they bullied to take a poison shot to keep their job? They were bullied and some of them have died and that precious soul, number three, we prayed in the name of Jesus Christ for him. And we don't pray wishy-washy prayer, prayers. That's right. We prayed for complete healing. And if he's on the path to complete healing, hallelujah. But my next question is, I would like to have a meeting with his family because we Come could on. get him with Tom Renz or Mike Hamilton or Joey Gilbert because there's attempted murder charges that we Whoa. need to bring. Attempted murder <laughs> charges that if those poison vaccines cause that, attempted murder charges on the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, attempted murder charges on all medical staff of the Buffalo Bills and the commissioner of the Buffalo Bills, and shame on them. But also, we don't worship sports. There's been a lot of precious families and our friends that quit their jobs because they weren't going to take a shot, and they got fired for standing up for what they believe in. So all of it, in my opinion, is an abomination, but we, the real media, will ask those right questions, and I stand side by side by you, all-star players, the resistance chicks. Okay, so I love so much of what you said there, and you are absolutely bringing fire when you are talking about attempted murder. 
They would have killed that man. They did. That's the thing. It's not even just attempted murder because they did kill him. It was the power of prayer and paramedics that brought him back to life. And so that's where we need to get down to the nitty gritty on this. Yeah. And, you know, I actually have seen some videos where the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills has come and said, you know, uh, my my relationship with Jesus has grown because of this. And I wasn't actually walking in the best Christian walk. And this is a really amazing testimony. You know, we've seen um, the NFL, the, the national anthem be rung through the mud by taking the knee. And then you see all these players surrounding a dead player on their knees because when push comes to shove, it doesn't matter about a football game. And, you know, both quarterbacks from both teams decided, you know what? Our this playoff doesn't matter. The the Super Bowl doesn't matter. This life matters. And God is the only one right now that we're looking to. What did you think when you saw those players and the and that team and that whole stadium stop? And maybe you could give us some inside football on what it means not to finish that game. Well, there was no consideration about the game. The game doesn't even matter. We're living in the, the Roman times, gladiator sport. This Coliseums is no different than the Romans. That's what football is. And I love football. I love the Lord, but I like football times 10,000. I want to repeat that. I worship <laughs> the God of the Bible, our Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. But I do like football times 10,000 been blessed to, to be a, a football player for Nick Saban. We know that precious locker room. There's never been a team I ever played on where we didn't pray the Lord's Prayer before we went out there. And not everybody was forced to, but we did it. We didn't force people to pray that, but we were going out there. We know one wrong hit, you could break your neck and you could be dead. But in this case, it's a little bit more sinister because we have been educated by some amazing courageous medical leaders who have risked their lives, Carrie Madej and Brian Artis and Sherry Tenpenny and Peter McCullough. Well, we're following them and they're sharing the truth. So now it becomes attempted murder. But when they did pray, there was a famous football player named Tim Tebow and they mocked him. He had 316 on his eye black and he prayed and boy, did they mock him. But now we circle back and when they kneeled in prayer, my first thought was, I, well, I thought of Elijah. That was my first thought because they mocked Elijah, all those yeah. whack jobs. They brought their sacrifice. And he said, go ahead, guys, you go first. And you pray to your gods. And they couldn't consume with fire their sacrifice. And then when Elijah went, boy, I, that's why I love the Bible. It's alive. Elijah, he said, wait a minute, go ahead and put those four barrels of water on and do it three times. And then let me pray to my God of the Bible. And everything got consumed, even the rocks. So that's where my mind went with, but I'm, I'm okay with us circling back and, and focusing, not being a Bible thumper, but we can love our neighbor. We can love our enemy if they've never held that precious Bible in their hands. How could they possibly know Jesus? Jesus is the word. The word is Jesus. So I'm excited as I travel all 50 states, when I meet someone who isn't on Team Jesus Christ, I want to encourage them to, what do you got to lose? A verse a day will show you the way. And what do you have to lose by reading the Bible? And I'm talking to people who are same-sex attracted, atheists, Jews, 
any other religion, I love you enough because I do believe the Bible and I'm being obedient by reading every day. I love you enough to encourage you to dig into the Bible because scripture does say every knee will bow. So Ohio, Brett's not going to be the guy when I meet Jesus. Hey, Brett, you had a chance to read the Bible and you did not even read scripture. I never knew you. So I'm not going to do that for myself. And right. I'm going to encourage everybody to dig into the Bible. And I've seen your Bible and it is well-worn, my friend. I am so excited about what you are doing. They can find you at ohiobrett.com, thechristianrevolution.net. And you've got to show them right in. Tell us when you can. When, Real quickly, when can I love, it. I am so thankful by the coaching staff. Our head coach, Mike Adams and Bob Denny and Bob Sisson. We got a great coaching staff on brighteon.tv and some of the best producers in the world. Every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can find me on the Ohio Brett Show for God and Country in Sports. I love it. All right, you guys, we'll be right back after these messages. We're going to talk about Diamond, who passed away, Darren Beatty and Scaffold Man. It's a week since the uh, anniversary of, of January 6th, we're call it 9-11. And we've got so much more than that coming after, after this break. Thank you, Ohio Brett, for joining us. And they can tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. God bless. Okay, so I have been watching the Twitter files with such eager excitement. Every yeah. time another one drops, it's like, okay, what more can they confirm of the things that we have been talking about? So the latest one is the Russia hoax. Yeah, and honestly, the way that the Twitter files are dropping may not be the best. Um, Elon Musk he has some ideas and he's trying different ways and he wanted them all to come out on Twitter first because he wanted people to come to Twitter, to Twitter sure. to look for That's them. That's what well, you would do. So the mainstream media is basically like, I'll just not read them. I'll just not look into what we've been doing. I'll, I'll not look into <laughs> what, we've what been doing. you know that we have been doing. <laughs> you know, uh, there are different attorney generals and well, the attorney general of Missouri is, is still continuing on. Uh, the previous attorney general of Missouri's a case against big tech, which is really good to know. And what came out, I think, this week was the White House censoring, using Facebook and putting pressure on Facebook to censor Tucker Carlson on vaccines. Sure. Yeah. And it's right out there. And the Attorney General is putting this stuff out there. This should be bombshell news, but it's obviously not. Imagine if Trump and the and the Trump White House were putting pressure on on yeah. Facebook against, you know, Don Lemon or, you know, yeah. one of these, you know, ABC anchors. But um, so Representative Adam Shift, the uh, Shifty Shift, who I don't even know how, who votes for this guy. Like who who in their right mind votes for that guy? That Some of these guys, I, I just wonder how they get in. Like Money. Maxine Waters. Money. You know, who is voting for them? I don't Fraud. think people are voting for them. But uh, it, it came out that he had specifically asked for a specific reporter, I think it was Alex Bernstein, to be censored on Twitter, and they shut down his account. Okay? So here we have uh, Representative Adam Schiff and his staff repeatedly pushed Twitter to remove perfectly legal content that they found offensive. And this is from today's installment of the Twitter file. So the staff of uh, Adam Schiff wrote to Twitter, quite often asking that tweets would be taken down. Remember, you have a First Amendment. What does the First Amendment cover, Michelle? Uh, free speech, freedom of press. Specifically what? That the government cannot exactly. restrict Thank your you. speech. Bingo. Okay? So if the government is saying, uh, oh, well, you know what? 
It's not the government restricting your speech. It's Twitter restricting And how many times speech. have we heard that over the past six years when, when censorship came into being that they kept saying and people on the right. right would buy into this hook, line, and sinker that Twitter is a private company. YouTube is a private company. They're allowed to do whatever and, they want. And I... The the problem with the right is that what they always say is, well, I need proof. I need solid proof. You can't trust your lying eyes. You can't see that the government is doing this. You can't see that this is a true. I'm going to wait and see how this plays out. Right? No, you have to move the ball down down the field. As you know, however, they count on us doing. Uh, turning the other cheek, giving yeah. everyone the benefit of the doubt because we are, by and large, Christian in nature. Right. So this important use of taxpayer resources involved an ask about a Peter Duche parody photo of Joe Biden. The DNC made the same request. Um, and it was a parody. And I need you to take this down. Mm-hmm. I need you to take this down. Yeah. The real issue was Donald Trump. We tweeted the Biden pick. Uh, to its credit, Twitter refused to remove it with trust and safety sh- uh, chief Yal Roth saying, and every time I say his name, I'm like, hey, Yal Roth, but it's, <laughs> it's Jewish name, sorry, saying it had obvious uh, humorous intent and any reasonable observer, apparently not the shift staffer, could see it was doctored. Uh, when Twitter pushed back, the shift staffer uh, pulled on the sl- slippery slope argument. Shift staffer uh didn't give up claiming there was a slippery slope concern here. So when you start to allow this kind of disinformation, like parody things and the, and the president, you know, former president is, is tweeting these things out, you know, what are you going to do? Twitter also refused, refused requests to ban content about Schiff and his staff telling the congressman's office that this would not be conceivable. Even when Twitter didn't suspend an account, that didn't mean that they didn't act. Schiff's office repeatedly complained about QAnon-related activity uh, that were often tweets about other matters, like the identity of the Ukraine whistleblower or the Steele dossier. Uh, hilariously, though, Schiff's office was concerned that if tweets were deamplified, that law enforcement may have a harder time tracking down the offending users. <laughs> Schiff's office had a concern about deamplification, though. Uh, and there's more. The latest Twitter files release shows how prominent Democrats knowingly pushed a false Russiagate-related narrative about Russian bots, promoting a key House Intelligence Committee memo that detailed efforts to spy on the Trump campaign, despite the lawmakers being told by Twitter executives that it wasn't true. The 14th uh, installment of the Twitter files was released on January 12th by journalist Matt Taibbi, with no L, as I've learned, uh, who explained in a series of posts that at a key moment in the Trump-Russia investigation, Democrats alleged that Russian bots were spreading an explosive report from the then chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunez. At a critical moment in a years-long fervor, to E.B. explained in one of the posts, Democrats denounced a report about flaws in the Trump-Russia investigation, saying it was boosted by Russian bots and trolls. Twitter officials were aghast, finding no no influence, no Russian influence. Like how, wait, you're telling me there's Russian influence here and we're not seeing that these are Russian accounts. Okay, we we got the back door. In uh, support of this take, to EB shared screenshots of correspondence from Twitter executives from several congressional Democrats, including Schiff and Feinstein, confirming that they had not identified any significant activity. So what they're trying to do is they know it has to be Russian, uh, Russian interference and and Russian bots. So they're putting that narrative forward, and then they're telling Twitter, "Come up with my proof." No, what this what, this is how the conversation goes. There's a conversation between like Schiff and his people, and and saying it's Russian disinformation. Well, to remember Twitter. the hashtag 
release the what memos. Is that? Is that, that was my hashtag. That's that's an X. That was my hash did. two one. Okay. Two. Okay, okay, it was my hashtag. Remember, <laughs> remember the hashtag release the memo, release the memo. Yes. Okay. They were saying that that was being promoted by Russian bots. And, and we're all like, not a Russian bot, release the memo. Exactly. So when Schiff comes to Twitter, they're like, it was Russian bots. And Twitter is looking like, I don't see any. And they're like, it was Russian bots. It topped its trending uh, list, remember January 18th, 2018, and was reflecting the widespread call to publicly release the then classified memo submitted by Nunez, who at the time was chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. Widely referred to as the Nunez memo, it was later declassified under Trump's order on February 2nd, 2018. The memo showed how the FBI under the Obama administration used unverified opposition research, the infamous Steele dossier, funded by Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign and the DNC to obtain a FISA warrant to spy on the Trump campaign volunteer Carter Page as part of an investigation into the alleged Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. The claims made in the Nunes memo were confirmed by the Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz in his report released on um, December 9th, 2019. Now, Representative Matt Gates and Steve King had introduced, and poor Steve King, he got pushed to the mud, and now he got censured, and, and because he got caught up in this, uh, had introduced the release the memo hashtag on January 18, 2018, and on the following day joined a group of 65 House Republicans calling for the declassification of the memo. Many of the lawmakers who collectively represent millions of voters also sent out the hashtag. Just days later, on January 23, 2018, Democrat lawmakers Feinstein and Schiff wrote an open letter to the to, uh, uh, Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg to investigate allegations of Russian bots and trolls surrounding the release the must of the memo online campaign. Pause right there. So we just talked about an open letter, mm. right? I love how that's an open letter. Yeah. Well, as you're talking and you're going into this story, which it, there are so many caverns and, and different, you know, parts of all of this. The number one thing that we are seeing consistently, going back to the Joe Biden story at the top of the uh, of the show today, and Trump's documents and these classified documents, whenever they have to keep something a secret, it is not for the protection of national security, right. and it is not for the protection of anything having to do with our, our nation. It's to protect their backsides from right, the lies. Right, right. So when they write an open letter, right, if, they, if, if this entire thing was meant to be secret, right. that letter would not have been an open letter. It yeah. was because they were trying to deceive the American public that it was an open letter. And also when they're trying to deceive the American public, then they tell you things have to be kept secret for national security. So, but Twitter came back and said to this open letter to these Democrats, this is these are not Russian bots. These are not these are this is not a Russian troll. This is not these aren't Russians. So this is just one um, one example of the egregious use of government to silence your voice and my voice with pretty much the the government calling you and I Russian bots and asking for Twitter to shut us down. Now, speaking of Twitter shutting people down, I don't have a Twitter account because anybody, you know, honestly, this is what I'm going to say about QAnon. QAnon had to have some things right for the left to be so obsessed with shutting them down. Yes. And shutting down people who were sharing QAnon posts. Okay. Because they were obsessed with QAnon. Anybody who had who had ever posted anything QAnon got their accounts taken down in January of 2021. I actually, okay? it showed up in my Facebook memories yesterday. Really? It was January 12th. I remember the text from Twitter. I was asked, and nobody asked me about it. 
right? Okay. <laughs> but, and, and why were they, why did they have to ax all of these accounts? You want to know why? Because right in the very beginning, um, a lot of these accounts, including my account, we were questioning the narrative. I know that I was tweeting out, oh, they moved the barricade, barricades. They were high-fiving people inside the Capitol. Um, you know, it was media. There's a poor guy who put his uh, feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. He was actually kind of, there were media in the room. Now, those media were fine to be in there, to follow the story, okay? Because they needed somebody to follow the story, okay? Because they set the whole thing up. Okay, it is all set up. We know it's all set up. This is January 6th. It was an insurrection. It was it, it was a coup. it will go down as bigger than the JFK assassination because what they did was they were assassinating an entire group of American people who voted for Donald Trump. Now, uh, we've you've all heard about Ray Epps. He's he he's one of the guys who instigated people going into the Capitol. Mm -hmm. We need to go to the Capitol. That he said it the day before. He said it the day of. Uh, I think it was last week, the week before. We um, covered a text message to his nephew where he said I was uh, involved in instigating all of this. But there's one guy that nobody can figure out who he is Scaffolding now. Man. Now the question is, and I've got a a, a video here from um, the Blaze. Uh, well, Glenn the Blaze, uh, Darren Beatty. Darren Beatty has put a ton of time and resources into trying to find out who the scaffolding guy is. Now, he must have been wearing some sort of prosthetics because nobody like facial prosthetics because they can't find out who he is, even through facial recognition. And, and he Darren was talks one of the this. people ushering people to, to 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 push forward. And this sounds like a conspiracy theory, but when you see a reporter of Darren's caliber say, no, I have I have dug into this. Well, it is a conspiracy theory. This is a theory on how this conspiracy was created. Let's roll this clip. I would say just as interesting, if not more so than Epps, is this individual that's referred to as scaffold commander. Now, this is a very mysterious guy, and if people go to Revolver News, there's the sort of the classic piece where we have all the video of it, and they can see for themselves what he's doing. But here's a guy who, like many of the others, was pre-positioned at the exact place at the exact time, right at that western perimeter where the first breach was. He's cutting fencing, all, all that, but then he just immediately rushes to the scaffold climbs right on top and he's got his bullhorn and he's saying move forward move forward move forward he's playing just this huge role in crowd control and just as a matter of crowd psychology if you're there in the crowd you hear some authoritative voice with a bullhorn sitting uh, standing on top of the scaffold saying move forward we need your help in many cases he said we need your help so if you're in the crowd you think okay the barriers were cut down i don't know i'm even trespassing number two i hear this guy saying move forward we need your help was someone injured in the crowd and they need the crowd to mm -hmm. move away so that you know they could be medical mm -hmm. assistance who knows and then when the Capitol it, building itself was breached, he was ordering people to go in, go in, go in. And the amazing thing is, I would say this is the person who is more egregious than anybody else, other than perhaps Ray Epps. He hasn't even been identified. He's not identified as somebody who was uh, was orchestrating or or pushing it through, or he just wasn't identified by name both so he, <laughs> he didn't even you know, mention he wasn't no he, he's wow. not on any of the most wanted lists he's not you know wanted 
to any degree, as far as I'm aware, by, by the government, by the Department of Justice, and nobody knows his name. He's simply referred to as a scaffold commander. And I was going to say, I don't want to get into all of my all of my methods and tricks, but I pulled out all the stops, all the stops to identify this guy, including, you know, cutting edge facial recognition stuff, the whole deal, nothing. And, you know, he could have been wearing some type of prosthetic. It's just, it's very weird. I would love to know who this guy is. Um, it's one of the really key mysteries of the whole thing. I suspect if he's if his identity is actually uncovered, it's going to be one of the biggest scandals in the country. I've dedicated a lot of resources to doing so. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to identify him. Okay, so Julie Kelly, who's been covering the January 6th trials, um, just a, like with a dog with a bone, just amazing coverage. You know, this week she came out with an article. She said that the jury trial of Richard Barnett, the man who was famously photographed with his feet on the desk of Nancy Pelosi's office on January 6th, um, is underway right now in Washington. Nearly two years to the date of his arrest, Barnett finally had a chance to defend himself in court on multiple charges, including obstruction of an official proceeding. But it was not the fiery, outspoken Barnett who provided the most jaw-dropping testimony in the trial so far. To the contrary, one of the government's own witnesses confirmed under defense cross-examination that agent provocateurs were heavily involved in instigating the events of January 6th. I'm going to read a little bit of this exchange, but I want you to remember if you could picture, did you guys see some of the, the, the characters who were changing out of Trump gear yes. in the woods? None of those people have been tried. I have never, I had not seen anybody who was tried and he's, these were the people who were changing out of Trump gear. Okay. Now their faces are well known, just like Ray Epps. Okay. These instigators. Why is it that the instigators seem not to have been arrested? So defense counsel says, isn't it true that you had a lot of people, large quantity of people walking down two streets that dead ended at the Capitol? Uh, Mendoza, he is the uh, U.S. Capitol Police uh, captain. He says, yes, sir. Uh, defense says, and would it be fair to say that at least some of the leading edges of that crowd that they contained bad people or provocateurs? Is that fair? Uh, Mendoza, it's fair. Dangerous people? Yes. Violent people? Yes. Highly trained people. Violent people. Highly yes. trained, violent people. So highly trained, violent people who work and coordinate together. Yes. Pause right there. So what we're looking at right now is we are seeing there is no way that this was a bunch of Trump people going with a premeditated. Right. Uh, you this know, was so highly coordinated. This was coordinated by the wrong side. Mm -hmm. From, right. the, from the get-go. Yeah, we have it, evidence of that. It was a stunning admission representing for the first time a top law enforcement official stated under oath to our knowledge that a coordinated, experienced group of agitators engaged in much mischief Early that day, under further questioning, Mendoza acknowledged that some uh, those same individuals pushed through the barriers, removed barriers, threw barriers over the side, removed fencing, and eased the flow of the people into the places where they shouldn't be. This happened about 1 p.m., the same time the joint session of Congress convened to debate the results of the 2020 presidential election, hiding the pivotal role of still unidentified and uncharged agitators on January 6th is just one reason why the government 
government has successfully sought to conceal thousands of hours of footage. So the Capitol Police immediately designated roughly 14,000 hours of surveillance video as security information that should not be released to the public. Now, I do want to encourage you that I, that Kevin McCarthy has said that he wants it all to be released. So just pray that it's all released because these agitators, how come they're not on trial? That's what I want to know. But we do know why. The answer is very simple. They are FBI uh, informants, not just informants, but they are agents of the FBI. They were put in there. Nancy Pelosi, specifically anybody to in the Democrat Party, right? Yes, absolutely. We just know like. Charlottesville with the slick your hair and the tiki torches. You've never seen those guys before. You're not never going to go again. and arrest people that if they get arrested, they go, wait a minute, this wasn't part of the deal. I was hired to do this. Right. I'm not taking the fall and then expose everything. Exactly. Right. So you're not going to come after those people. Exactly. All right. So we have a few minutes left here. One of our own passed away this week, um, Lynette Hardaway of a Diamond of Diamond and Silk. And I want to roll this tribute to her um, and because I know that she has blessed all of us. Always, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, baby. I want an outsider. Yeah. I don't want an insider. No. Silk cut the TV on, girl. Donald is announcing he's running for president. And I did. Uh-huh. And that's what we need running our country, baby. She said, girl, this is going to be our next president. Uh -huh. Silk as the white diamond and silk. I have it's been nothing so compares to them. <laughs> nothing, nothing compares to them. If we can't even come close, you can't touch them. Yeah. You absolutely cannot touch them. Leah was doing a live video and I got the news and I came down and I was in tears because it was so heartbreaking. Guys, I don't think that any any of any any of us can hold a candle to diamond and silk. I truly believe that Donald Trump can uh, attribute his 2016 win in part to this amazing duo. And so our hearts and prayers go out to Diamond and Silk's family. We are with you. You are part of us. And we are so thankful for everything that you guys have done for us. And we're going to continue to keep Silk in our prayers. Because I don't know what happens after this, but uh, we love them so much. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, you can follow us for the second half of our show on resistancechicks.com. We'll see you next week, Friday. 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, on Sunday at 5 p.m. for our Sunday show right here on Brideon.tv. We love you guys. Bye. Boom, there we are.
Hey guys, welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. Headline news, this week's top stories. It's Friday the 13th. I am not a, you know, doo -doo -doo -doo. we said that on our Brighty On segment earlier today, but I will tell you that we are living in incredibly significant times. It's not the dates that you should be afraid of. It's everything else. Mm. You know, people go to the whole, it's a full moon and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, no, it's just 2023. And a lot's going on. The devil is screaming like a crazy banshee. And God is moving and doing things. And so you're going to see some strange things. Mm. Strange things are happening. Okay, so Leah, you did a video this week. God is drawing near to judge the nations. Yeah. Tell people a little bit about it and why they should go watch it. Well, um, I was reading in my Founder's Bible... And Obadiah 115 uh, talks about how God does collective judgment on nations. And the Founders Bible had a really great explanation for why God does that in, in history when he has done that. And I can look and see with my own two eyes that we are in need of uh, some judgment. It's like when um, the kids are going crazy and you know they need some discipline. We... And it's worse than that because there's criminal activities going on. Yeah, it has to be stopped. Yeah, so go in and watch that this week. Uh, Mom has a couple really good blog videos this week. I I just Mom, to... aka Patriot Gallery, it's aka PG, PG because every video that she does is going to be PG. Mm -hmm. That come yeah. kind of be confusing. She actually for people. played a clip. It was really interesting uh, with Lynette Zhang <laughs> and a woman who got bit by a snake. She's a like a homeopathic kind of natural path. Uh, and she uh, healed herself of a, of a snake bite through a, a poultice. And she gives a lot of examples on things you should have, we should have on hand. So go ahead and check out Mom's blog. I want to show you there. guys uh, where you can find this. Now, we don't use our Resistance Chicks Church channel on YouTube. But Patriot Gallery, our mom, does. And so you can find all of her videos there go to resistance chicks church on youtube and here they all are you can also find them on all of our platforms so she has written several blogs recently over the past couple of months didn't get a chance to actually turn them into a video um and occasionally she'll throw up one of our videos this one that you did on um facebook asking god for answers when this it seems like the enemy is winning has had a lot of engagement that video has really hit home for a lot of people so for those of you that don't know maybe you just tune in for the the rumble lives you don't know that we do extra videos um, throughout the week there, but uh, it's kind of she kicked it off with uh, what to wear to enter the holies, uh, the holy of holies, the pearly gates. So there was that one. Then there was the quantum medicine, ancient knowledge um, there. Now, interestingly, one of these got taken down by YouTube. It was flagged for election fraud there. That's kind of ridiculous. And then also the day the miracles start, December seventeenth, twenty twenty two, part one and part two. So. Listen, you guys ask us all the time, how do you end up, why are you the way that you are? Tune into Patriot Gallery's blogs and find out everything that we are that is good. Yeah. <laughs> it comes from our mom and Jesus. All right, so if you guys missed the first half of, uh, of this Friday night show, which you shouldn't have, uh, we go live on Brideon and Dot we, TV uh, at six o'clock. We covered Joe Biden's uh, document. Uh, classified documents being found in various places, the the think tank that's not real, the garage that's real, that says it's locked, but, I mean, really, it's a garage. The door goes up and down. Come on. It's so easy to break into a garage, by the way. 
Oh my goodness! Not so that I would gonna, know anything about that. We're we're gonna go, go. We're gonna dive deeper into that on on this episode. Um, there's a couple uh, major stories that happened this week. If you were flying, which we had some clients coming in yesterday, if you had a flight yesterday, you would have been shocked to find out that every single plane in the United States was grounded for a short period of time. And it was the first time that this has happened since 9-11. Now. And they don't know why. They know exactly why. I'm not going to level any kind of conspiracies out there for you guys. But I will say this. You Have you ever flown? Has anybody? Raise your hand here if you've ever been on a plane. If you've been on a plane within the last two or three years. Maybe ten years. I don't care. There are far more people that fly than I ever thought. Fly, it almost feels like there's more people flying than driving cars, man. I mean, there's so many the people flying. Packed, the airports yeah. are absolutely packed. You do, that would be like all of a sudden stopping all cars in the United States. Like just stop all cars. Mm -hmm. They don't just do that. And we're going to tell you why they say that it was. They don't just do that for no reason. And I'm just saying... Let's think well, about it. they squashed any idea that it was a cyber attack, but then they say, but they don't, they don't know what it was. No, they but do wait. know what it was. They know it was, it was a security, um, a set of protocols. I think that was, uh, kind of, th there was an issue. They needed okay, to go Okay, well, in. yesterday they didn't know. Okay, uh, they the do, federal, they have issued a, a reason for the it. The Federal Aviation Administration's notice to air missions, the NOTAM, NOTAM system, which alerts pilots and other personnel about airborne issues and delays at airports nationwide, experienced a massive outage on Wednesday that resulted in travel chaos for over uh, and over 10,000 delayed flights and more than 1,000 canceled. Uh, the White House quickly squashed speculation of a potential cyber attack. Uh, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, has ordered an investigation. <laughs> Good old Bloomberg reports that a person familiar with the FAA investigation might already know what caused the headaches for tens of thousands of, of travelers. Just weeks after the Southwest Airlines debacle, the person set, said unspecified, quote, personnel corrupted a file on the NOTEM system, resulting in a nationwide outage. The preliminary indications are that two people working for a contractor introduced errors into the core data used, used on the system known as the Notice to Air Missions, or NOTEM, according to a person familiar with the FF FAA review. The person asked not to be identified. Like other computer systems that are critical to operating flights, the FAA has imposed procedures to ensure data aren't damaged by technicians working on them, said the person. The file of the files were alerted in spite of rules that prohibit those kinds of changes on a live system. Now, the question many are asking as if there was any wrongdoing. Agency officials are attempting to determine whether the two people made the changes accidentally or intentionally. And if there were any, was there any malicious intent? We do know that when we had that big uh, uh, cold snap, there were some, this wasn't really covered very much, two random dudes that tried to take out a power station. Really? Yeah. It's like in the, in the Washington, D.C. Uh, area and power, they, they did lose power. So are there just random people trying to sabotage systems? But were the two dudes really random though? No, what I'm saying is, are there The people? two dudes, sorry, the two dudes in D.C. trying to take out the power, were they random I would say that, unfortunately, in the question everything era, I don't know. I, so I'm saying if you're making a comparison, I'm not sure that if there, there it, 
I don't think there would be random people doing this. Okay. Do I think that there would be people doing okay. this? Okay, yes. I didn't, you were focusing on my word random. Okay. Okay, this seemed to be a one-off thing that nobody talked about. Some two guys trying to shut down a power station. You've got two people here shutting down tra air traffic control. I'm just saying this seems to it, this seems to be a, a kind of some sort of coordinated effort mm. to stop life. You know, we watch all these movies like The Born Identity and all of that, and all of these crazy thing happen things happen. Mm -hmm. And you kind of wonder, like, how come that kind of stuff never happens in real life? I would know about it. Well, I can see in, like, some sort of Born Supremacy movie where all the airlines would need to be stopped in some sort of, you know, whatever thing that we they're doing. We need to stop them. We we can't, this plane can't go off. This but plane now, can't but, take off. But we need to figure out like, not a way to, to tell the public so that they're not afraid or don't know. This is why we have to get rid of the FBI and the CIA and all of these three-letter agencies doing okay. these movie stunts. On the public, I think you're right. I think it's th that's where I'm going to go with. It, there was some some big thing that went down, and they and they had they had shut down, and somebody, you know, um, one of, what's the guy, the little short redheaded guy, of Green, Seth Green, yes, some little <laughs> Seth Green guy. He's like, Doo -doo -doo -doo, boom, shut down all the flights, <laughs> shut down all the flights, and you know who? Boom, 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 we're going to blame these two guys. Exactly. I love what Kelly says here on Facebook. I'm wearing my tinfoil hat proudly. Come on. She also says, your mama is awesomeness. Yes, she is. All right, Beverly wants to know which one of you is older. Beverly? It's a mystery. First of all, neither of us has old in the phrase. That's okay. funny. Nope. It's not a mystery. I'm three inches taller, and Leah is nearly three years older. Almost. All right, so this is this is a breaking news story. GOP congressman, a, a, a Republican congressman, has introduced a resolution to place a permanent bust of Zelensky in the U.S. Capitol. Representative Joe Wilson of South Carolina wants a U.S. Capitol to have a bust of Ukrainian president, guy who plays the piano with the wee wee. Oh my goodness. Vladimir Zelensky on she permanent display. Display, hopefully not with the piano with the wee wee. Whoa, whoa, that's uh, not a bust. You're, you don't understand where a bust is, like, right? Like, it's, that's not going to be like, what the, the other, other half can the bust? stay in the Ukraine? What? <laughs> <laughs> we only want him from the stomach up. We don't want him. At all. Uh, from the Washington Times, Representative, Representative Joe Wilson of South Carolina filed a resolution earlier this week directing the Fine Arts Board of the U.S. House of Representatives to obtain a bust of Mr. Zelensky for display. The board has authority over all works of art and historical objects displayed on the House Wing of the U.S. Capitol and Associated Office Buildings. A staunch conservative who came under fire for shouting, you lie, at former President Obama during the 2009 address in Congress, Mr. Wilson has emerged as a strong supporter of Ukraine. In December, he told the Charleston Post and Courier that Ukraine's fight against Russian aggression reminded him of the American Revolution. Mm. Some, it's time to retire term limits, baby. You One flew over your cuckoo nest. Okay. All right. Uh, speaking of Russia and Ukraine, Russia has declared its first major victory over Ukrainian forces in months. 
On Thursday night, the Russian Defense Ministry announced full control of the town of Solandar in eastern Ukraine, describing the salt mining town as of great importance. People have been wondering what uh, there are these mines, these vast mines that uh, people want to know what are in them. Were there biolabs in these mines? Are they holding ammunition, uh, military equipment down in these these huge mines? Um for the continuing successful offensive operations in the Dunks direction, the official declaration came about 48 hours following the private military firm Wagner Group initial claiming claiming capture of uh, Solidar with the group's uh, head, uh, not going to pronounce his name, photographing himself inside the sprawling salt mines the town is famous for. The Wagner statement created immediate tensions inside Russia and reportedly in military command ranks over how quickly the mercenary fighters claimed victory for themselves. That same day on Wednesday, the defense ministry put out an official statement suggesting full victory was premature at that point and made no mention of Wagner. A fresh military statement Friday declaring victory over the Donks town also failed to mention Wagner instead hailing the efforts of aerial paratrooper and ground forces. On the evening of uh, January 12th, the uh, uh, liber liberation of the town of Solidar which is vital for the continuation of successful offensive operations in the Dunks area was completed, since the, says the defense uh, ministry, minister uh, spokesman there. According to um, the, a statement from uh, TASS, full control of uh, Saladar makes it possible to cut off the supply routes of the Ukrainian troops in the Artyomovsk uh, region, located southwest, and subsequently blocked the city and entrapped the Ukrainian military there, the general explained. The seizure of, the seizure of Solodar by Russian troops was, was facilitated by continuous air missile and artillery strikes on Ukrainian army positions. Uh, Solodar was seized thanks to continuous okay, strikes uh, on the enemy. If you would like to see uh, some video, we can, you can show you, show you here. No volume. Well, I didn't want to. There's not, you know, anything exciting in the volume. In the past three days alone, over 700 Ukrainian troops and more more than 300 weapon systems were destroyed in the area of the town of Solodar, a spokesperson added. Interestingly, Ukraine is still, as of Friday, refuting that Russia has definitively captured Solodar. However, uh, CNN uh, crew observed organized pullba pullback from Ukrainian troops, and you can. Scroll down there. Oh, this is a rare video of UAS 300 target. This is actually the summer of 2022. Uh, and conveniently, Washington's first reaction to the news of Solidar's capture by Russian forces was to downplay its significance. So I really, it's hard to follow where things are going in Ukraine and Russia. Um, uh, honestly, so here's my humble opinion here. I think they're playing at war. I think the troops are suffering from the cold weather very clearly. Mm -hmm. I think that that's not any kind of false reporting there. I think that mm -hmm. both both troops on uh, in Russia and Ukrainian uh, forces are are not doing well because of the cold weather. I think that just like we saw with Biden and his classified documents through Penn State, mm -hmm. and then we see China donating all this money to Penn State that this war is another money laundering scheme. I don't know how much Russia plays into that, but I don't think that the war itself is as war, vicious. You know, 
am I making any sense here? Mm -hmm. I just don't think that it's it's what they're saying that it is. With all of the military, artillery um, things that we're giving to to Ukraine, there should be a lot more happening. Well, the crazy thing is, is that there are huge numbers, and I think both sides are keeping their numbers down. Ah. I think um, some reports are about 150,000 people are dead. That would be huge, and we won't know the and why. What would be the motivation for Russia to keep Russia and Ukraine both to keep their numbers down to look like they're not losing? Right. Both sides don't want to look like they're losing. So yeah. It, uh, speaking of losing, um, a, according to the book *Peril*, written by Bob Woodward, General Mark Miley, the Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman, we we talked about this told China in a secret phone call that he would give advance warning if the U.S. was ever going to attack. In a pair of secret calls on October 20th and January 8th, General Mark uh, Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, assured his Chinese counterpart, and he's the guy who went on some sort of toxic masculinity, like, I don't know, crazy man. He's part of um, LGBTifying the military right now. Uh, General he, uh, Cho, he assured his Chinese counterpart, General Li Zhaocheng of the PLA, that the U.S. would not strike, according to the new book written by Washington Post associate editor Bob Woodward and national political editor Robert Costa. On January 8th, 2021, the same day uh, Milley reportedly spoke to China in a secret phone call, CNN ran a story claiming Pelosi had gotten assurances from Miley. Uh, there are safeguards in place in the event uh, Trump wanted to launch a nuclear weapon. According to the Fox News 15, uh, people were present when uh, Milley called China on teleconference in October October of 2020, which was coordinated with then-Defense Secretary Mark Esper's office. Trump eventually fired Esper. Uh, Milley released a statement through a spokesperson that confirmed the reporting in the book, Peril by Bob Woodward and Costa, that stated Milley had two conversations with his counterpart in the Chinese military that undermined Trump. Christopher Miller, Trump's acting secretary of defense from uh, the 2020 election through Inauguration Day, called Milley's phone call an unprecedented act of insubordination in a statement to Fox News. On Monday, Robert Costa reported that Milley uh, told Speaker Pelosi that he had agreed that Trump was crazy and he reassured the speaker that the nuclear codes were safe. It was the final coup attempt against Trump involving the DOJ, the FBI, the U.S. military, Pelosi, and the Democrats. An extraordinary moment in American history. The Speaker of the House asked the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff if the nuclear codes are safe because she fears the President is crazy and liable to make a deadly decision to stay in power. And just, uh, just months later, General Mark Milley surrendered to the Taliban and the armed terrorist group with $80 billion in U.S. weapons and supplies. And this guy is leading our U.S. military right now. He said, I will make sure the president has it, does not have the nuclear codes. What, are we a constitutional republic? No, it's a banana republic. It's absolutely a banana republic. Just in case you don't know, you don't get to do that. We actually covered this when it happened. And I'm glad that they've now got like evidence to back it up. But we, again, with the Twitter files... Everything that we are reporting is now just, they're just, ha- they are finally finding the evidence to back it up, which is great for us. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I feel like deja vu reporting the news. Like we already talked about we that. We already talked about it. Yeah, it is. Uh, and here's the proof. It's a, here's the proof. Here's the proof. All right. Speaking of proof, proof would you bring up this um, chart for us? 
Uh, Senator Ron Johnson tweeted this out. Instead of Biden's shameless border photo op, he went down to the border last week. They cleaned up El Paso. You didn't see the homeless people. You didn't see the people spread across, uh, you know, on the streets. It wasn't, he didn't see anything. Um, but you can see this chart graphically depicts Biden's culpability uh, in this open border policy. So from 2012 all the way to about 20, um, 2021, um, it was about under 60,000 apprehensions. And now we are over 215 to 220 apprehensions, apprehensions at the border every month. And this is just under Joe Biden. Look at the spike under Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, you actually see this quite shocking drop mm. there. Um, after Trump is elected. After, well. Oh, no. After Biden is like, okay, yeah. No, in COVID. Yes, at COVID. COVID. Right at the, at the start of COVID, the entire world stopped. Even mm-hmm. people leaving South America for But America. when you look at those lows, after Trump was elected, it was like the lowest apprehensions like in history absolutely in 2017 yeah, yeah the start of 2017 and even in 2018 the apprehensions were lower than um under obama yeah, yeah all right awesome. so in the next uh go ahead and bring keep up your tabs and this is for your viewing pleasure no close that one sorry um this bad lip reading here uh made my day i've watched it several times this is the, the roll call uh, as people come into the house, it's a roll call. You have to say so-and-so here. Yes, I'm here. But did we play the other one? What do you mean the other one? With Nancy Pelosi? No. The one... This is the first one. Oh, no. I didn't... Oh, no. The fight one? No, we yeah. didn't play that one. So you, what you guys need to understand is you keep saying... It, a lot of people were confused by the one, the first one that you shared. Because um, I saw one comment from a lady was that said, you put those words in there. Like, that's not real. There is an online thing called bad lip reading. Mm -hmm. They often do it with sports, which I find hilarious. Guys on the field or whatever, the coaches, that's kind of their niche. Every once in a while, they'll get into politics or something else where they take the movements of the mouths of people and they have a set set of, of voice actors, voiceover people that will essentially say ridiculous things that match their, what it would sound like if you were reading their lips. Okay. So I think that it, for some people, I'm not for everyone, that nobody, for some, I'm sorry that no, that there was just a couple through. of people, Leah. Okay. Not everybody gets it. So I needed I'm to sorry clarify that. That, that wasn't uh, clear enough. So here we have the roll call. And um, Matt Gage is, I love how she says vain guy here. It's just absolutely hilarious. Vain guy. You should see my car. Hmm. Stank suit. Check out my frown. It's a jumbled coat. Marvelous. The bee's unwashed knees. Now it's just bee's knees. Can you mention that we changed it? You just did. Chevy dude? (laughs) Penguins. Good point. Sad euphoria? I'm not lonely. (laughs) Sounds convincing. La Tool. <laughs> Don't care for La Tool. Uh, pink ghost thing. I got plenty of guacamole in the business office. <laughs> I'm starving. 
Okay, Dang okay. Guy. Back and watch it a hundred times, but let's go ahead. Since I do have the bad lip reading up, we will um, we'll go back and we'll watch them do the the speaker of the house here. Everything changes when you know what McCarthy and Gates were actually. This is a saying. joke, guys. This is a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Son, what does it go for, Bill? Can you say it? Well, who knows? A really rich doctor said you were a bummer. And I think you don't know algebra. No, we're talking science, bud. The science of what? Is that a tiger? One of your friends promised me I could flick you in your face. Absolutely, you may not do that. Hit him in his cringy smirk, for real. Say any cereal name. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You're like people in the 12th century. Why'd he say it like that? You're a formulated He's pickle popper. He's a storm cloud. <laughs> I don't like you, dude. And there's a tiger. Oh, that's it. You two guys sent the tiger. Uh, what? I did no. Not, not me. What I mean, tiger? That's just, I mean, that is reprehensible. Okay, yeah. Okay, Brad, I'm a horrible person. Brad, I'll report you to Nadine. I just want your leg bones to be okay. I brought the tiger. You got somebody on the organ now? Hey man, you're gonna pay for dinner. You're gonna fix no Oh, that's all I wanna do for the whole show. I don't wanna do anything else. I wanna do bath lip reading for every story from now on. I'm just that's it. That's made the whole show. I it can't it can only go downhill from here. And bring the tiger and the organ. I brought the tiger. It's in the thing. Now, listen. You're going to pay for dinner. I have watched that so many times. And what I love about the bad lip reading is that not only are they reading the lips to what it looks like, but they do create a story. They do. Like, he keeps referring to the tiger, referring, and at the very end, McCarthy drops the bomb and is like, I brought the tiger. You know, and it just, I thank God for bad lip reading because otherwise, it, and it came out, I think, the morning after McCarthy was actually voted in. So we all kind of needed that laugh. Yeah. So. I kind of really wish most of me. our story were just a bunch of jokes. And, and it's mostly, honestly, so many stupid, <laughs> stupidly serious Listen stories. Says, late again. I came in late. Real late. You're going to just have to watch it back. Go to Blad Lip Reading. Uh, I think they've got um, a Facebook page, too. It's absolutely hilarious. So while we're on the, wanted to bring up, here we have, here's some bad lip reading. This is for real. This isn't even made up. So Biden um, was introduced to a Salvation Army worker. Now, mm. in case you didn't know this, the Salvation Army is not a real army. Um, <laughs> so, uh, he says to this Salvation Army worker, I spent some time with the Secret Service in Poland and Ukraine. Because that makes sense. And Thank you. 
So then he corrects himself and he's like, not the Secret Service. And he punches him and he's like, the Salvation Army. Because he can't get it out. He's like talking like this. I spent some time with the Secret Service in Poland and Ukraine. No. No, it wasn't the Secret Service. It was the Salvation Army. And the guy's like trying to go with him and nod. Okay. Okay, Grandpa. Go home. Drink some tea. Put your feet up. This is insane. I'll tell you what. Everybody's asking us to play it again. We will play the bad lip reading at the end of the show one more time. Okay. Okay. All right. So that means you have to stick around for it. All right. I do want to play it again because I just make my whole show. I just play it ten times. <laughs> bring the tiger. All right. So when you bring up Matt Gates, he talk. He here's uh, Matt Gates uh, talking about the concessions that he was able to get uh, with you know the tiger. <laughs> this is actually serious. Not not fake bad lip reading, but uh, real deal. Come on, there it goes. No, I would pay bad lip reading to do. I am joined here in studio by Florida Republican Congressman and member of the House Armed Services and Judiciary Committees, Matt Gates. Welcome, Congressman. Great to have you. Good to be with you. So, is it worth it all going 15 rounds to elect a speaker? Absolutely. We got concessions that really were being rejected as early as Monday when it comes to being able to read legislation 72 hours. We got the hot dogs. We got the good nachos. We got the concessions. Okay. I got the concessions. I love, no, no, no. Now you just made me hungry because I love going to a good old concession stand. And we don't do things anymore. We got like the slushy machine. Stop it. The slush puppy. Mm. Before its adoption individual appropriations bills, mm -hmm. and ultimately what we negotiated ensures that we will never again have a circumstance like this omnibus spending legislation because bills will have to comport to a single subject. There will be germanity requirements on amendments, and so it's going to be an open process, a transparent process. I'm thrilled at where the House of Representatives is today. You are quoted as saying the construct of these rules concessions functionally turn the speakership into a ceremonial position. Do you mean that? Well, Speaker McCarthy is our speaker, and long live the speaker. I look forward to working closely with him. But he did agree, to his great credit, to democratize power to the membership. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, these committees that decide what bills come to the floor, what the spending paradigm is, they're controlled just by people loyal to the speaker. Now what we have is... Not that I'm trying to continue to be silly here, but with Matt Gates' haircut, it looks like he has elf ears. <laughs> or or uh, he is Vulcan. What if he is? He could be part elf. That's or Vulcan. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, do you see that? It's, it's I, clearly it's the haircut. It's got to be the haircut. Unless he literally does have but elf what or Vulcan if, ears. Like it's to make his face look thinner with the ears being pointy. Yeah is a real representation of all of the different viewpoints within our conference on the rules committee on the appropriations committee we fought hard to get agreements it. to have conservatives on those committees to have our budget hawks on appropriations and i can't wait to see what we're able to do when we unlock the potential of all of our members going forward what about the concern that this delayed process weakened him and to recap, we've got a Democrat in the White House. We've got Democrats running the United States Senate. Don't you need to him, him to be as strong as possible? Well, I think the way to have a strong Republican position on a lot of these issues is to have strong Republicans on the most relevant committees. Mm -hmm. And I don't really get the critique that taking from Tuesday to Friday to work this out puts the Republican majority in peril. I mean, you know, Mike, that in the summer, 
the entire Congress takes like six weeks off where we're not even around at all. So to take four days to figure out who's going to be second in line to the presidency and to ensure that we have a House of Representatives that is a fighting force going to check the Biden administration, absolutely worth it. Up next is the rules package, the governing rules for the next two years in the House of Representatives. Any drama there? I don't expect it. I think this is an exquisite rules package. And, you know, members of Congress, even speakers, we pass through these positions and move on to other things. But oftentimes, when you make the rules better, you can actually improve the health of the institution long term. Some of these rules will allow us to zero in on specific elements of federal spending and force votes on whether or not that is an appropriate use of tax dollars. Also baked into these rules we're going to vote on, a church-style commission to evaluate the weaponization of this government against our people. That's the FBI, the DOJ, but even other entities that we see abusing their power to the detriment of the liberty of our citizens. This is going to give us more staff, more resources, and we're going to get government back on the side of the American people. There was a tense moment late night Friday night when Congressman Mike Rogers, expected to be the next chairman of House Armed Services, confronted you. You guys both serve on the Armed Services Committee. What was that all about, and are you guys going to be able to work together on armed services? Well, Mike Rogers is going to be a terrific chairman of the Armed Services Committee, and we share a deep commitment to our national defense, to our men and women in uniform. And, of course, in a late-night moment of high drama, people can have moments of frustration. But Mike Rogers and I have a six-year productive uh, working relationship. We're going to work together wonderfully going forward, and I don't think there should be any punishment or reprisal just because he had an animated moment moment. He has my forgiveness and uh, certainly is someone who's done great things for our national defense and will continue to do those great things. You've taken some praise from people who like the fight that you led this week. Uh, you've also taken some criticism. Some people saying this is about fundraising. This is about more media appearances. Do you consider yourself a serious legislator? Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons we fought for these rules was to ensure that all members of Congress can get involved in the legislative process at a more granular level. For far too many years under both Republican and Democrat control, power has been centralized in a select few, and that's not good for the republic. Uh, I am not one that's really dearth for a lot of media appearances. I think I'm someone who appears on your network and others more than any other member of Congress. So it's an odd criticism to say that I'm doing this for media hits when I do a lot of those anyway. And even before this episode, I was one of the top fundraisers in Congress, despite the fact that I'm one of the only Republicans in Congress who doesn't accept any lobbyist money or any political action committee donations, because I believe our politics is most pure when it is funded by the people of our country, not those who are paid to try to influence outcomes. Congressman Matt Gates of the great state of Florida, great to have you. And we'll. So I am going to come to Representative Bishop. Uh, um, what? Who was it? Who was it that hit him? You didn't hit him. Who was it that was going after him? Mike something or other. I'm going to come to his defense. Okay. Because he just kind of leaned in. And he the guy behind him grabs him by the I face. I think that the guy behind him should be the one who. Unfortunately, I feel I feel bad because when he right, just kind of leans right. in, he does. And the, and other, the other guy, guy it looks like it oh, looks he went worse. into lunge or no, punch. No, let's, let's do the we'll, let's do the bad lip reading part of it again, so you guys can see because that that actually shows the showcases the way that the guy gets grabbed here at the end, right here. All right, now let's watch this again. Are you ready? Hey man, you're gonna pay for dinner. You're gonna now, now that guy grabs him in the face. 
I feel like that he was trying to get him to stop talking. That's, right. That I would think that guy should that be, guy should be ridiculed and uh, and maybe punished. You don't, you don't grab somebody by the you face. You don't get to stop them from talking by physical force. Like he literally goes to grab him by the face. Yeah, over his mouth. You're gonna. And then he realizes what he's doing. And then he's like, no. He, he should have stuck with grabbing him by the shoulders, right? Yeah. If you're going to do anything. Paper grabs him by the shoulders. Fine. You're good to go there. You're Wait. And then he grabs him by the There wasn't, like, there was literally no need for that. It almost feels staged. Like, they were in on it. He's well, like, you come and pull me no, back. No, because he, he lost his committee. He feels bad. And he, he, I feel, that's why I feel bad for him. Okay. All right. Um, would you go ahead and speaking of Representative Dan Bishop was who I was thinking of. Um, supposedly they're putting the deep state on notice. So this is the promise that they're making to the American people. We'll see how far they can take it. Someone from North Carolina is recognized. I thank the chairman. Mr. Speaker, with great power comes great responsibility. We entrust our Department of Justice, FBI and intelligence community with great power to keep us safe. And yet, as long as these agencies have existed, they violated Americans' civil rights. Everyday Americans. The security state believes itself to be above the Constitution and the laws passed by Congress. Or perhaps the belief is only tacit. It is aware only of power. Not authority, power. The FBI spied on Frank Sinatra, John Lennon, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Muhammad Ali because they were national security threats. Celebrities, but everyday Americans as to their constitutional rights. The intelligence community abused power to spy on presidential candidates, a sitting president, and members of Congress and their staffs. The FBI continuously coordinated with social media companies to moderate social content the public square. So contemptuous are they and out of touch when confronted with this just weeks ago, they said we were merely engaged in uh, engaging with our community partners. Leading up to the 2020 election, the FBI worked hand in hand with Twitter and Facebook to silence the Hunter Biden laptop story. Concealment from everyday Americans. They've continued to censor and silence criticism of COVID policies and vaccine mandates to the harm of everyday Americans. In 2013, the former director of the National Intelligence, James Clapper, lied to Congress about the NSA collecting data on millions of Americans, yet he's escaped a reckoning. The NSA spied on groups including Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International and other NGOs. FBI contractors conducted thousands of searches on NSA databases. The intelligence community spied on journalists and political opponents in clear violation of the First Amendment. That's not all just illegal. It's un-American and it cannot continue. The government's massive surveillance apparatus is well documented, but there's still much more that we do not know. We owe it to the American people to reveal the rot within our federal government and cut it out so that it can no longer harm everyday Americans. Mr. Speaker, today we're putting the deep state on notice. We're coming for you on behalf of everyday Americans. I yield back. Wow. Okay, that was really good. So we will see. 
uh, where this goes, but we do have a couple attorney generals in our country that are working really hard to expose the deep state and expose the collaboration between big tech and the government. So Attorney General Jeff Landry, um, Landry and he is from Louisiana. He has a really neat thread about the things that they have been discovering. I think he and Missouri, Louisiana, Missouri, um, sued uh, Big Tech, and I know Facebook particularly, and they have some information coming out. So here's some stuff that's coming out. A viral video was demoted 50% pending a seven-day fact-checking period. That demotion continued by Facebook, even though no fact-checking actually occurred. And then he says, follow this thread for more coercive and, coll uh, and collusive... F Mom, you want to say something? Too easy. They take out Biden right now with all this stuff. And then who's going to be president? Harris can't be. She's born here. McCarthy. And uh, who's going to be vice president? MTG. I don't know. It could be. So what Pedro Galler was saying is if they take out Biden and then Harris can't be president, um, which Pedro Galler seems to think that's because she you know, wasn't born here. And then who becomes president? McCarthy. And then vice president would be MTG. I can. Was she born here? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just repeating was what Patriot Gallery said. It's very interesting. Wasn't but see, if you can be vice president, you can be president. So you there's be no a naturally born citizen. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a good question. Um, but it's a good theory. It is. It's interesting. On um, April uh, of 14th, 2021, the White House emailed Facebook to lament that a Tucker Carlson video criticizing the COVID vaccine was the most watched video on the platform. Facebook replied that they would look into it. Later, Facebook informed the White House that Tucker Carlson's video did not qualify for removal, but the video was labeled with a pointer to authoritative White House-approved information. The video was not, quote, recommended to others, and it was demoted on Facebook. Facebook promised their team was working hard to get data White House had requested, including most viewed and ranked content on platform. They also asked for, quote, guidance on what affirmative messages on vaccination Facebook should amplify, given the news of the J&J &J vaccine blood clot report. The White House then demanded to know why the Tucker Carlson video did not violate Facebook policy and was not removed. A follow-up email by the White House condescendingly reiterates that their demand for answers was not rhetorical. The White House concluded its demand with a thinly veiled threat to Facebook. Not for nothing, but the last time we did this dance, it ended up in an insurrection. Naha! Facebook responded obediently their team was heads down working to get the White House reports it had demanded and would respond to the questions later. After a phone call between the two parties discussing the Tucker Carlson video, Facebook dutifully reported by email to the White House that the video received 50% demotion pending a seven-day fact-checking period. Facebook continued to demote the Tucker Carlson video even though no fact-checking actually occurred. And that is just one uh, thread there. And actually, I want to go back to... Well, we to see how they... Since I'm glad that they're exposing what happened to Tucker Carlson, right? I think the incredulity comes from the fact that, like, how dare you censor Tucker? He's mainstream media. But what about the little guy? Mm -hmm. I guess that's what, my, what comes to mind. Like, right. it's almost like, well, you should... We are above even you censoring the little guy, so how dare... But at the same time, it still does give exposure to the fact that they were doing this to everybody, including a Tucker so Carlson. So if you bring up uh, Attorney, General, Jenny, Attorney General Jeff Landry's, Landry's uh, tweets, he's got a couple more. Here's a clear effort directed um, 
government directed social media censorship. Since we've been on the phone, the top post about oh yeah, so that's that's the that's that one. Then there was another one about Robert Kennedy Jr. down here. Um, Facebook telling the White House how they can censor Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, let's see, that's the same one, right? No, government censorship is bipartisan. If they don't like you, they will censor you. No one is safe from the first and when the First Amendment is violated. So, um, thank you to Attorney General Landry for bringing this up. We really appreciate it and keep fighting. Yeah. It's a good fight there. All right. So, Joe Biden, we're not quite done with the Corvette and the, um, the documents there. Let's go ahead and bring up, I think I've got a, the longer one I want is this. Oh, we watched the Mar-a-Lago rated, didn't we? Let me see. So, yeah, just bring up a couple, bring up, um, let's see, watch your, watch your hands there. You watch your hands. All right. How about this one? All right. This is from Tucker here. Tucker drops exclusive smoking gun receipts that may directly implicate Joe Biden in the CCP operation. Now, the classified documents that Joe Biden, quote, stored in his garage and left at the Penn Center have been floating around for a full six years since Joe Biden left the vice president's office in January of 2017. So it's fair to assume they've been moved around a lot, but they're suddenly surfacing now, right after the midterm election. Why is that? No one has even attempted a convincing explanation. Instead, the media is pretending to argue that it's not a big deal in the first place that Joe Biden stored classified documents near his Corvette because he admitted doing it when he got caught. And if you admit you've committed a crime, it's not a crime. Watch. There is another key difference between the cases, though. In Biden's case, his attorneys reported the discovery and cooperated by turning them over immediately. That was not the case, of course, with Trump. So in the Mar-a-Lago case, that really does appear to be a much more complicated case. Of course, we're seeing a very big difference in what the Biden White House is doing around this and what Trump has done. Night and day. You have the inadvertent, we don't even know if Biden had anything to do with it. There are important distinctions between this and the swirl of controversy around Donald Trump and the documents at Mar-a-Lago. What you see in that document's case is a textbook example of the best possible way of handling the discovery of government documents after leaving office that should have been returned before leaving office. What you see is the exact opposite of Donald Trump's behavior. These people are so filthy. If their team invaded Poland, they'd defend it. They'll say literally anything. This is the exact opposite of Donald Trump's behavior. All right, Larry O'Donnell. What they're forgetting is that the Trump raid took place in August, not that long ago, and a lot of people still remember the details from it. Trump and his lawyers met with federal investigators and showed them the classified documents that had been stored at Mar-a-Lago. The FBI told Trump's lawyers hey, put a lock on the door of the storage room. So they did. Then when Trump's attorneys volunteered that there were more classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, volunteered, including the famous cocktail napkin, the FBI showed up with guns. And everyone knows that, including everyone you just saw in the clip. They are lying. And that's a problem because they're trying to obscure the saddest fact of modern life, which is there's now an obvious double standard in American justice. And that means we have no justice at all. That's a tragedy for this country. It'll be a long time before we recover from it. So in case you missed it, what Tucker was saying is they had already established that there were classified documents. Mm-hmm. 
put a lock on it. So he was allowed to keep it? Like, what's the deal there? And then they're like, actually, there's a few more. And they're like, oh, really? Now let's raid. Not, hey, you know what I mean? The, the, it was... So don't give me this garbage that Biden handled it better than Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I like this comment here from um, Kelly on the Tucker clip. How many that shared Tucker got centered? Me. A lot of people did. Yes. If you shared that Tucker, you did got censored. Did we just play this one? We did just play that. Okay. So. We're still on screen share, just FYI. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I thought you moved this. Okay, so go ahead and bring this one up. I'll play this or one this up. is the one, maybe, wait, isn't this the same one that we just no, played? No, there, there are different clips from this particular one. So play it and see if that's, just play it. They always accuse you of the very things they're doing there we themselves. Go. No, we did not play this one. If there's Don't one rule you can go. keep on your fridge, write it down, put it in your wallet to evaluate the behavior of the people in charge, it's that. They blame you for their sins every single time. So true. The latest example arrived this week when we learned that Joe Biden, fresh from lecturing us about how Donald Trump was a criminal because he had unauthorized possession of secret documents, that very same Joe Biden himself had unauthorized possession of secret documents. But don't worry, it's not a big deal. Unlike you and that despicably orange Donald Trump, Joe Biden is a good person. Joe Biden is so virtuous, he has transcended temporal law. It's not a crime when he does it. So that's the frustratingly familiar headline from this week's story, which you've probably seen by now. But the details of the story are actually pretty interesting. So a week before these last midterm elections, Joe Biden's lawyers were for some reason rooting around in a locked closet in the Washington office of something called the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. And while in that locked closet, Biden's lawyers found a sheaf of highly classified government documents. So the first question here is, why were Joe Biden's lawyers doing this in the first place? And we can't say for sure because they haven't told us, but it is weird. Lawyers don't typically search locked closets. Yours probably don't. But Biden's lawyers did. And we'd guess they did because they understood that Republicans were about to win back the House and with it, congressional subpoena power. So they were likely conducting a cleanup operation preemptively, trying to get ahead of a scandal they knew was coming. And of course, they hid what they found in that closet until after the midterm elections because there's no reason to influence voters too much with information. So there's that. And then there's the question of the so-called Penn Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania. What is that exactly? The whole idea of an academic Biden center is pretty funny. Joe Biden is a moron. He's always been a moron, even before the dementia. For decades in Washington, ask anyone who lived there, Biden was famous as the dumbest member of the Senate. People made jokes about it. So why would an Ivy League university name a think tank after a man who can't think and then pay him nearly a million dollars a year for not doing anything? Hmm, good question. A little more on that in just a minute. But first, a word about classified documents. Now, this is not a partisan point, not attacking anybody. It's just the truth. These people you see on television huffing and puffing about vital state secrets, on both sides, by the way, not just Democrats, everybody, vital state secrets, they're either lying or they don't really understand how Washington works. How many legitimate vital state secrets are there? Well, actually, not very many at all. That's what I was saying In a earlier. democracy, the government has no right to hide what it's doing from the public except under extraordinary circumstances. It's fine to classify the Normandy invasion until it happens. It is not fine to spend 60 years hiding the fact that the CIA was involved in the murder of a president. Hiding your involvement in the Kennedy assassination is not a national security precaution. It is criminal behavior. And it's made possible by a classification regime that was designed 
not to protect this country, but to protect and enrich our permanent political class, which it very efficiently does. Oh, but our enemies, screeched the morons on TV. If we declassify these documents, whatever they are, if we do that, our enemies will learn our secrets. Please. China already knows our secrets, all of our secrets. The Chinese government has hacked every agency in Washington, and everybody knows that, and nobody seems to care. The Biden administration cares so little, in fact, it just suspended a counter-espionage program designed to stop Chinese spying. In other words, the Chinese can know, but you can't know. Biden trusts Beijing more than he trusts you. So the media's job, its only job, really, is to push back against attitudes like that and to seek the truth. Reporters are the people who are paid, who for a living find out what your government is doing and then tell you about it so democracy can continue. But there are very few of those left. Julian Assange is in prison for his efforts. Ed Snowden lives in exile. And the news organizations that remain are so thoroughly controlled by government agencies that even the suggestion of more public transparency drives them to hysteria. Watch CNN and MSNBC, for example, react to the news that Republicans in Congress might tell us some of what the thoroughly corrupt intel community has been doing in our name. A House committee where Republicans can shred at the integrity of the federal government and tell America that your government is spying on you and coming after you, that is at the heart of this tear down, break down the government, we can't trust the government, we're going to topple it. He just gave them a committee platform to have those hearings. And you better believe that is going to be heroin in the veins of Fox News viewers over the next two years. Basically, they're establishing a subcommittee or a committee on witch hunts and deep state conspiracy theories. This is so extraordinarily dangerous. As you said, they're going to actually, these people want to target America's intel community. This is a body that, uh, of uh, the Congress that we are trying to maintain credibility with, and we are not going to do that by opening up all kinds of suspicions about the institutions in our society. <laughs> it's outrageous to tell people the government is spying on them, especially since the government is spying on them. That's confirmed, by the way. That's a fact. They spied on us. But if you want to know what your government is doing, scolds Joe Scarborough, you're, quote, targeting America's intel community. You're unpatriotic. You're a disloyal American if you don't want to be lied to. So speaking of Joe Scarborough, um, he had an intern that died yeah. in under nefarious mm -hmm. circumstances. So recently, Jack Posobiec just tweeted this out. Speaking about somebody dying under nefarious um, uh, circumstances, Joe Biden's wife supposedly died in a car accident by a drunk driver. But then it His wasn't a drunk driver. But it wasn't a drunk driver. Um, I forget exactly what the key of that story was. But Jack Posobiec just tweeted this out. And I think we need to watch this. Bill, the man Jill Biden married when she was only 18. I was betrayed by the Bidens. Joe was my friend. Joe was my wife. The Bidens' love story is now legend. How they found true love after the heartbreak of losing his wife, Nelia, and baby daughter in a car crash in December 1972. As Joe Biden tells the story, he first saw Jill's photo on an advertisement in Wilmington, Delaware in March 1975. His brother, Frank, who knew the model from college, set Joe up on a blind date the following night. 
Is that story true? No, not even a little bit. Bill Stevenson, the founder of a popular local rock music venue called The Stone Balloon, married Jill when she was just 18 years old. Says there's much more to the story, claiming Jill and Joe's relationship actually started in 1974 when he was still married to Jill. Jill I met on the beach in Ocean City, New Jersey in August of 1969. Sure, I fell in love with her because I married her six months later. According to Bill Stevenson, both he and Jill first got to know Joe Biden when Biden was a county councilman in Newcastle, Delaware. Stevenson asked his help obtaining a liquor license. So you were friends with Joe Biden? Oh yeah. Not only that, I threw a fundraiser for him in August, raised between $2,500 and $3,000. We got married in 70. I introduced Joe to Jill in 72. Right before the election in 72, Jill, Joe, Nelia, and I were in his kitchen. How do you forget that? That would be three years before that now famous blind date. Stevenson says his first inkling something was up came when Jill refused to go with him to meet Bruce Springsteen, who was booked to appear at the Stone Balloon. He said, uh, Joe asked me to keep an eye on the boys. And I just thought to the back of my mind, hmm. Then one day he says a man came into his bar and asked him to pay damages for a fender bender that involved Jill. He looks at me and he says, oh, she wasn't driving. I said, her beloved Corvette, she wasn't driving it. He goes, Senator Biden was driving it. And I went, what? Well, we see why he likes Corvettes. It goes back to the Corvette. It literally goes so right back to the Corvette. she's married to this guy. She's married to this guy. And having an affair with Joe Biden, and she's like 19, 20, 21 years old. Super young. Yeah. And then goes on a blind date with him later on. Dun, dun, dun. The plot thickens. And it's Jill who likes Corvettes. It's Jill that likes the Corvettes. He stole her Corvette and they wrecked it. <laughs> exactly. Ah! Wow. These people are so repulsively disgusting, aren't they? All right. Speaking of repulsively disgusting people, um, your U.S. government is bankrupt. It's not bankrupt. It's been robbed. There's a difference. And Catherine this is Austin Catherine Austin Fitz, Fitz on uh, Del Big Tree's high wire here. If I can find it there. Hang on. Wait. I think that might have been it. Nope. To the left. There we are. Click on it. There it is. There she is. We've been robbed. I tell you, we've been robbed. We're not bankrupt. Bankrupt is when we spend all our money. Robbed is when somebody comes takes all our money. You know the difference? Really we've good. been robbed. We have been robbed. You had a huge budget war with people trying to get a financially responsible budget through the Congress in 1995. That failed, and a decision was made subsequent to essentially give up on the U.S. governmental mechanism and engineer a financial coup d'etat. So I had one of the largest pension funds in the country say to me, they've given up the country on the country, they're moving all the money starting out in the fall. And, and literally what we saw was a process began where every year the government would report that literally trillions of dollars had gone missing. And this has happened year after year from fiscal 1998 until 2015, when a series of policies got implemented that they just stopped reporting. 
And um, if you go to Solari, uh, we have a whole website dedicated to this. It's called missingmoney.solari.com. You can, that's our homepage. You can link to missing money from the homepage. Okay. And, and we've been able to document all of this by 2017. We teamed up with a wonderful professor from Michigan State University who did with his graduate students a complete survey. And as of 2015, 21 trillion was, we had 21 trillion of undocumentable adjustments from the federal government. And at that point, Dell, there was $21 trillion in outstanding treasury debt on the books of the US government. So think of it this way, you know, people will tell you that the US government is bankrupt. And what yeah. I can tell you is it's not bankrupt at all, it's been robbed. Now, I, I look at that as a change of control. In other words, it's a coup by financial means. Mm -hmm. And what we saw with the pandemic was an acceleration of the financial coup into a real coup d'etat. And, and now what we're watching is a governmental entity which is not implementing the law as you and I know it. They're implementing a centralization of control. Mm. They're implementing a centralization of control. Exactly. We have been robbed. Ain't I been saying it, Ernie? Ain't I, I know, been Patriot saying Patriot Gallery has been Ernie. saying it for years. Ain't I been saying it, Ernie? There's actually kind of an interesting uh, article here that from Zero Hedge just says, the aristocracy is eating the pe peasants. Most people, especially most Americans, uh, still seem to view the events of the past half century as more or less random. Booms and busts erupting out of nowhere, impoverishing all but a handful of lucky elites. The rich do keep getting richer and richer and richer and richer and richer to where they can buy yachts and all kinds of crazy stuff. Political uh, crises that end up dividing rather than uniting. Wars that cost fortunes and resolve nothing. Everything is bad and nothing is related to anything else. But of course that's not true. Each of the above events serves the same purpose. To enrich a modern aristocracy at the expense of everyone else. And the end game is looking even worse. To see the scam play out, let's go back to 1995, two decades previously. In 1971, the U.S., and by extension the world, had ditched sound gold-backed money in favor of fiat currencies that their governments, via their central banks, could create in infinite quantities out of thin air. The result was uh, spiking inflation and exchange rates chaos in the 1970s and soaring government deficits in the 1980s. By the 1990s, it has become clear to the people running major governments that big corporations uh, the, and big corporations that unsound money would lead to unsustainable debt, which in turn would destabilize the financial wor world and bring about a hyperinflationary depression followed by a French Revolution-style reckoning for those responsible. That generation's elites were left with two choices. Return to the gold standard and avoid monetary collapse, but we say just gold, not just gold standard, but at the cost of giving up the ability to create money at will or to use their fictitious currencies to steal as much real wealth as possible from the peasants and let the future elites deal with the eventual collapse. They, as the sociopaths uh, we know them to be, chose the second strategy. So here's how they pulled it off. The Greenspan put. In the second half of the 1990s, there occurred a series of mini crises that, in retrospect, seemed almost beneath notice, but at the time were big enough to provide a pretext for intervention. Russia, Mexico, Asia emerging countries, uh, Asian emerging countries, and a hedge fund named Long-Term Capital Management all defaulted or otherwise threatened to cost major U.S. banks painful amounts of money. In each case, the Federal Reserve's Alan Greenspan, along with the U.S. Treasury, bailed out the 
the threatened banks with cash or loan guarantees. This made clear to Wall Street that its favored customers and its favored customers that any risk, no matter how outrageous, would pay off one way or another. If a bet worked, there would be fees and capital gains. If a bet failed, as in the 1990s mini-crisis, the Fed would step in and make its friends whole again. And so the Greenspan put, named for a financial instrument that traders use to protect against losses, came to dominate the financial world for the next 20 years. The dot-com bubble and 9-11. With the banks now free to finance virtually anything, they chose in the second half of the 1990s to inflate a tech stock bubble in which pretty much any business with dot-com in its name or mission statement could get near infinite funding. The dot-com bubble expanded beyond anything the U.S. equity markets had ever seen and then burst spectacularly in 2000. I remember my grandma saying, I lost 30% of my wealth in the dot-com bubble. Remember that? Mm -hmm. She was crying about it. A year later came the attack on the World Trade Center, um, which shook an already shaken national psyche to the core. The aristocracy responded by cutting interest rates to record lows while expanding military spending dramatically. This was a twofer, enriching the banks by making lending more profitable and military contractors by ramping up orders for weaponry. Now, speaking of weaponry, I read an article where a U.S. Navy boss was asked uh, about our weapon supplies and do we have enough now that we're sending so many to Ukraine. And he said... Basically said it's something that we're looking we're looking at. We are keeping an eye on it's that. It's not just something that they're we're looking almost into. There. They are very well aware well, that this is an issue. He said if it conti- if this continues on for six months to a year, we'll we will be at a point where we will be we will we will have given more to Ukraine than what we have stockpiled up. Exactly. And which leaves us open and vulnerable to an attack from anywhere, you know, China, Russia, and I'm literally seeing like red dawn happen in our future and then they will be forced to come to the patriots for weaponry speaking of that so then you had um the uh the mortgage bubble in the mid-2000s the everything bubble the pandemic and the ukraine war and now we're at the point where i think most americans are really feeling the crunch and um it sometimes it just comes down to the little things like holy cow I bought 10 things at the grocery store and it's 50 bucks or something like that. Like uh, people are really, even Cardi B is posting videos and I can't play it because she's like so full of F-bombs and stuff like that. When it hits home, like the grocery prices are insane. Like they were insane before, but now they're like, I went to the grocery store just yesterday and every time I go to the grocery store, something else is just skyrocketing. Like, I'm not talking, like, they used to get us with little raises, like 10 cents, 20 cents, 30 cents, right? Yeah. Things are going up to, to to astronomical levels. There are some, in some cases, there are four or five times I'm looking, as like, I went down the ice cream before. aisle and I was like, $7.99, that used to be $3.99. And it went to $4.99. And it stayed right around $5. And like, even the sale prices now are like, not sales anymore. They're like what the full price used to be just Although, a year ago. So I have two thoughts on that. You know, we, we've known from them dumping the trillions of dollars into debt because of COVID that it was going to come to this. At the same time, I'm not wholly convinced that the rise in price isn't, isn't manufactured to some degree. And also the companies themselves capitalizing on the fact that 
we all understand that inflation is happening and it's like now they're making their move because profits for these companies are higher than ever. You would think that if it was just inflation, like inflation is happening and every, it's hurting everyone, it should hurt the companies too. The companies should not be making larger profits than they have in the past Oh, as a Kroger, result of I, inflation. Kroger is making money out the wazoo while charging people more money for things. Exactly. You would think they're that they capitalizing would be... on this. So there's several different angles yeah. to this. And I think it's almost a clean way of looting. Everybody understands that, you know, in a riot, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So you're going to run into the store and you're going to grab whatever you can while the stores are actually looting your pockets because of the chaos that's going on that they see. They're like, chaos is going on. Let's grab as much from these consumers as we possibly can, knowing that you will pay the prices. Right. Um, I'm not sure if this, uh, the kind of this last story that I'm going to cover, um, it, the CDC has come out. Uh, it's breaking news. The CDC will investigate the link between strokes and the COVID-19 vaccines. The CDC is now saying there have been enough cases of people who have received the vaccine and then suffered a stroke. Now, this is mainstream media. Um, do you think this is something we can cover on Facebook? I do think it's something that we can cover on Facebook. However, I will say this, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. Whenever they come out ahead of something, it's so that they can spin the story. So we see what happened with the Joe Biden classified documents. They have taken that and very handedly spun that story to still blame Trump. So I think that if they are they're essentially they're like this. We can no longer ignore this. Let us, the CDC, well, investigate this and we will spin it the best way possible. Because we do know that Tucker Carlson was downgraded. His video was downgraded when he tried to say there was a link to, you know, myocarditis or something. I think that. So why now? And it would be in my Facebook uh, profile, Twitter, sorry. Twitter profile. Your Twitter profile. All right. Yeah. Well, we can go ahead and just for the sake of whatever, we can say goodbye to Facebook just to be on the safe side. Yeah. So, so everybody that's watching on Facebook, click on the Rumble link there, or you can find us under the channel Resistance Chicks on Rumble. And come because the last thing we're going to do is we are going to play the the Mad Libs, no, the bad lip reading one more time, and then we're going to do a little bit more of a send off and a um, so diamond and silk. Yeah, absolutely. So you're not going to want to miss that if you are tuning in on Facebook. And I'm so glad that you're there. But please come and follow us over there um, on Rumble. And also, by the way, while we're... I'm waiting for my thing to catch up here. When you are watching on Rumble, if you want to participate in the live chat and you're watching from your cell phone, okay? Because the live chat is available on your tablet on Rumble and it's available on your PC. It's not available on your cell phone unless if, if you're watching from the Rumble app. If you go to rumble.com and you just click the desktop version, you can you can join the, the live chat there. Okay, so there's great. a little really trick good. there for you. Okay. All right, Leah, let's find that. Tucker just go to my yep. Twitter. Scroll down. It's not Tucker. It's um right. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Wait, where is she? Keep going. Here we go. Oh, and also our friend Dave Scarlett was on Alex last night of his glory, which I thought was really cool in studio. Yep. Very, very cool. Advertising for the, the, the kind of almost 50 state revivals that he wants to do that he kicked off with us 
here in Ohio. So I think I'm really excited for them. And we are just getting word of this now. Regarding the COVID vaccine, the CDC is now saying that there has been enough cases of people who have had the vaccine, received the vaccine, and then suffered a stroke. The agency will now be investigating any potential links between the shots and the strokes in some of those patients. And we are okay now scroll up to um let's keep going let's keep going keep going to yeah here we have uh, dr naomi wolf here on the internal pfizer documents showed that 100 um mcg dose was so um it's it, micrograms yeah micrograms caused such a reaction um uh, that they dropped it from their internal trials let's roll this now being injected into healthy people so lipid nanoparticles cross the blood-brain barrier, they cross the amniotic sac barrier. Uh, you know, they're, they're, we're seeing all these harms, and I'm not a medical doctor, but we're seeing all these harms in the blood vessels and vascular system. And you've really got to understand the structure of lipid nanoparticles is that they are tiny, hard, fatty casings. Um, so that's going through your body, the spike protein is going through your body, and the mRNA is going through your body. So why do I bring this up? There were different doses. There were different dosages, dramatically different categories of dosages. There still are. Moderna, their dose of these active ingredients and messenger ingredients was 100 micrograms. Pfizer's dose for adults is 30 micrograms. So if you got, and I'm sorry for everyone who got a Moderna first and second dose listening to this, but it's better to know, if you got a Moderna first and second dose, in each case, you got more than triple the amount of people who are getting Pfizer's first and second dose. If you're a child, uh, there was a three microgram amount. And if you were a teenager, there's a 10 microgram amount. So let me talk to you now about why these differences in dosages are so serious. First of all, apropos of the 100 microgram Moderna dose, and my mom got the 100 microgram Moderna dose and now has tachycardia, which is one of the many cardiac side effects in the internal documents. And I, she's given me permission to say this. Um, the internal Pfizer documents showed that the 100 microgram dose was so re reactogenic, it caused so much <laughs> reactogenicity, meaning bad outcomes, that they dropped it from their internal trials but they did not tell the world, oh, if you've had your first Moderna dose, that's too much. Don't get a second dose. Don't get a booster. Make sure your doctor is following you for these various side effects that we know internally you might have. No, they were silent. And so people who got the Moderna first dose got a second dose, got boosters, got more boosters, um, whereas internally they knew it was too high and dangerous. The other reason the dosages are so troubling is that they don't titrate by weight or height. And so what this means is if you're uh, a child, uh, if you're 11 and you are, a, if you're a 12 year old, 90 pound girl, okay, you're going to get the same microgram dose as a 200 pound, 17 year old male. If you are an 11-year-old, you're going to get, the, on the last day of your 11th 
year, you're going to get three micrograms, but the day of your birthday, it's going to triple to 10 micrograms, more than triple. If you're a 17-year-old on the last day of your 17th year, you're going to get 10 micrograms. When you turn 18, it's going to triple to more than triple to 30 micrograms. I'm sorry, triple to 30 micrograms. So teenagers are dying and collapsing, right? Young people are dying and collapsing. Uh, you know, my book, the, the Bodies of Others, has a list of teens who just died in their sleep, dropped dead. And as a parent, you you have to ask the question, are the kids who are dying or hurt, uh, does it relate to their body weight? Because they're getting the same dose as kids twice their size and body weight. Wow. You know, there's so much to unpack with that. And God bless Naomi Wolf for... Um, for bringing that to our attention. And Leah, it almost seems, and again, not to go down the conspiracy theory rabbit trail or whatever that you, uh, it almost feels like since they are dividing these, these dosages by age, that it's almost like designed by age, that it's targeted by age. There's no uh, other reason, you know, as, as farmers, we have to give shots occasionally to our pigs. And you and I age. have been there with the calculator looking up weight for giving the proper dosage for our pigs for something like ivermectin or whatever. And we take that really seriously that we don't want to overdose. I'm not really concerned now with overdosing on ivermectin. Well, yeah, but we did before, yeah, right? Right, right, right? And yet we're talking about a drug that has that is ne never had human trials before ever. You are the human trial. Right. And even that, they're not, you know, she mentioned young people by weight, but what about fully grown adults? You've got women that are 90 pounds versus Absolutely. men that are 350. Like what's the difference? Absolutely. I think that might be, have something to do with the older people having more trouble. They tend to not be as heavy and yeah. not carry much weight or muscle mass. That's so true. Um, but Senator Ron Johnson um, has um, come out to, 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 he has been one of the most outspoken people in Congress about the vaccines. And um, it says, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, director of the uh, CDC, claimed in 2022 that safety monitoring revealed no unexpected safety signals. But the results to which she, were, she was referring show hundreds of safety signals or adverse events potentially linked to the shot. The Epoch Times obtained the results through a Freedom of Information Act after the CDC refused to re release them. Senator Ron Johnson is now wondering why the CDC expected so many signals after vaccination. In a January 10th later letter citing the Epoch Times article on the results, Johnson demanded the CDC explain how it determined what is and is not an unexpected safety signal. The American people have a right to know the extent to which your agency was aware of and tracked COVID-19 vaccine adverse events. Your lack of transparency is unacceptable. Without immediately providing complete and reliable information about COVID-19 vaccine adverse events, you are obstructing congressional oversight and leaving the public in the dark. Um, and he was also stonewalled when he was requesting monitoring uh, res re results. And um, the CDC has made multiple false statements on the outcomes found from a type of analysis called proportional reporting ratio. The analysis involves comparing the number of adverse events reported to a system co-managed by the CDC after the COVID-19 vaccination to the number of adverse events reported after vaccination with other vaccines. 
The CDC initially said that performing PR, PRRs was outside of its purview, contradicting a government document that stated the agency will perform the technique. Dr. John Sue, a top CDC official, then claimed it started performing the analysis in February of 2021 and continued to do so as of July 18, 2022. Both statements turned out to be wrong. After being pressed by Johnson, the CDC later said that it did not start the PRRs until March 25th, 2022 oh, wow. and stopped performing them that July. Well, Walensky, a Biden appointee, admitted the CDC provided false information in a September 22 letter to the senator. They lied. They wow. lied. The CDC recently addressed a previous. Now, I'm wondering if they did collect the, the data, but it's better to lie and say that you didn't. Exactly. Than to try to show. Burn it down. Right. Burn the data. It's not good. They uh, recently addressed a previous statement made by the Epoch Times to clarify the PRR were not run between February of 26, uh, 2021 and September 30th, 2021. They don't want you to know. Didn't do it. That's don't when most people were injured. Plausible deniability. Johnson noted that the missive did not. Explain why the CDC offered the false information. Martha Sharon, a CDC spokesperson who herself made a false claim, told the Epoch Times in an email that no CDC workers intentionally provided false information. Really, really? The results of the PRRs obtained by the Epoch Times and released to the public in the for the first time in January shows the CDC analysis found hundreds of adverse events met the threshold for a safety signal that included severe conditions such as blood clotting and even death. The PRRs in analyze reports logged with the uh, VAERS system. Um, and so my question here is, where are the PRRs? Yeah. They're there. Release the PRRs. They're there. They had them. That's why somebody said and told Senator Ron Johnson that they had them. But they're so dangerous and they're so bad telling. and they're so telling. Here's the thing. Look at the VAERS numbers. That's all you have to do is leave and look at the VAERS numbers. People don't. And guess what? The VAERS numbers usually, usually represent 1% of people report an adverse event. Let's pretend that 10% of the people at, uh, reported adverse events. Our friends Robert and Jamie from Banners for Freedom are putting up the VAERS numbers every day. Okay? These VAERS numbers are out of the this world. And here's the thing. It's not just about death. It's about people whose lives have been utterly destroyed by the vaccine. People, and you guys have all seen the videos of people with the tremors and the Bell palsy and the, the heart problems. Okay, we just had here in uh, the Western Brown School District a child drop dead. Just drop dead. Okay? Usually, I don't remember that happening growing up. But now, all of a sudden, we're supposed to be... We're supposed to, to, to think that children just dropping dead randomly is a, is a normal thing. Now, Dr. Heider did say, over 50, if you have heart events, that is not something to always blame on a vaccine because people over 50 have heart events and heart attacks. They do all the time. They do really, mm -hmm. truly do. Okay. So Lisa Marie Presley, did she die? Well, her dad died in his 50s of a heart attack. Didn't he like... Wasn't he fifty something? Or you you know, Elvis went up with the aliens. <laughs> okay, so uh, she could have, but she was only girl was only fifty four. But her plastic surgery made her. The problem with the plastic surgery when you start early, you need to look like sixty five. So now you're like sixty five or seventy because you've had plastic surgery. You must have been plastic surgery when you were twenty five. Probably. She's had plastic surgery so, my whole life. However, though. Well, she's not with us anymore. Sorry. 
we Lisa Marie died. There was another, you know, famous model that died. I don't remember her name. We've never seen, you know, and, and every time we used to watch the Golden Globes when we were kids or the Academy Awards, excuse me. And um, you would see at the end, they would kind of go over the actors that have died that year. Mm -hmm. They ain't going to fit. All right. So my point is, yes, when you are over 50, people have mm -hmm. heart events. Yes, the older you get, the more funerals you start to attend. This is just mm -hmm. a part of life. Right. This that is happening right now is not normal. We just played that clip of Katie Hopkins from last week saying that they are 1,500. I, please don't, I don't want to misquote. I think she said per day. Mm -hmm. The excess deaths are up 1,500 people a day mm -hmm. in the UK. That is incredible. So, uh, so I'm saying that deaths are way, way, way up. What mm -hmm. is that that you are playing? Okay, so um, we we will so <laughs> there is a there is a Miss Universe pageant happening now, and we're uh, does anyone from the other planets ever attend this? I'm just curious on the Miss Universe. Um, um, I'm just asking for a friend. So you there supposedly. Like, if I was an alien coming and, and, and doing research on the, the world, Earth, planet Earth, I would expect that a if there was a beauty pageant for Miss Universe, that I would see either some of my own species or another species attending um, the Miss Universe beauty pageant. So I, they, they're having each woman come out in these over-the-top costumes. And so let's bring out Miss. Let's bring out America. This is embarrassing. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. And, wait. and so when you bring her, you can't show her. Turn her. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Stop. Before she turns around, stop it, because she ain't got no nothing on her booty. You're kidding. No. But she's got some sort of moon landing um, outfit here. I, she can't really walk. Whoever put Miss America in this. Uh, That's why I just said this is embarrassing. This one's embarrassing. She can't carry this thing that she's carrying. USA. Okay, now scroll down. Oh dear. God. Here we have El Salvador, who is Bitcoin. Nuh uh. El Salvador. Should we watch her booty too, just in case. Well, I think the Bitcoin. This look represents booty. El Salvador's history of currency for the a long time. Cocoa now, the last one. Oh, now. The, the the cringiest one here is how Ukraine comes out as some sort of like angelic warrior princess. Ukraine! I think she's got clothes on. She's gonna have to win though, right? Oh, totally. This Just warrior of light Ukraine. costume symbolizes Ukraine's fight for freedom. The warrior of light protects her country like Archangel Michael, who is a guardian of soldiers and considered to be the patron of kids, the capital city. This warrior of light will help in their fight, Ukraine. Okay, but if enough. you're comparing that to the other two, though, they were cringy and this was not. Just saying. You said yeah. the most cringy. It's actually only cringy because it's what it's trying to depict. But at least she was, like, covered with clothing. And then the wings came out and I thought it was cool. Yeah. But yeah. this is the whole thing. The entire idea behind this is cringy. 
It's all cringy. All right. So uh, I want to end our episode here uh, as, and play a few videos here from Diamond and Silk. Uh, if you guys know, she passed away. We don't know how or what really caused it, um, what, what caused her death. Supposedly, we do. Go ahead. She had COVID in November. November. Uh, we don't know. Um, if she was hospitalized with that or not, because the Daily Beast and the, the left-wing media said she was hospitalized, and then they came out and said she wasn't, and then she did her show um, on, in, in the middle of December, and she was still tweeting out the day before she died. Um, and so, did she have a heart attack? Um, you know, watching back some of her videos, um, she wasn't actually a very large person, Um so some people might say, well, you know, maybe her health was bad. She had a ton of energy. She had a ton of spunk. She had She's more 51 energy. 51 years old. She had more energy so than a lot of people that I know, yeah. right? Like she, she had so much energy. So I want you guys to pray for her family. So um, blues are in. If some, somebody that's making these claims is going to have to literally send me proof I can't do anything without proof, guys. I can't take your word for it. I can't take hearsay. You will have to I've email me everywhere proof. everywhere to see if she was Everybody keeps saying she... I haven't found one thing. Blues RN says she bragged on Facebook about getting jabbed. Someone posted her info from her page on Getter yesterday. I need... Uh, I need more than a screenshot. Like, we would need a link to that because those kinds of things can, can very, very... E I could doctor someone's tweet with the graphics that I do and make it look completely seamless, mm -hmm. okay? We need unequivocal proof. And, and I'm telling you, journalists out there like Leah and I and people way, way better than us have been digging and trying to find that that you're talking about, the proof that she bragged that she got jabbed. Some people said that she regretted having gotten it. Uh, no one has been able to present us any proof of that. So right now it's just hearsay. Okay. So we can't, we literally, and I think it, it sullies her name to even be like saying those kinds of things without the proof. If there was proof, we would be talking about it, but there, it, it, there's, trust me, there are enough of us out there and trying to I find out. I think that her sister would make that clear. Yes. To save other people from the vaccine. Yeah. Like, no, she was vaccinated. But because they had on Dr. Artis, they 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 definitely expressed right. uh, concerns about the vaccine well, on and, their shows. And, and the way the mainstream media present her as a An anti-vaxxer. They, call, they called COVID a hoax and they yeah. were anti-vax. So let's just wait and see where what caused it. But yeah. right now, uh, would you play a couple videos here? Absolutely. Now, I earlier when Leah was um, all be on the right here. having me put together clips of Diamond and Silk, mm -hmm. or or the the clip for earlier today, there were a lot of curse words. They did curse. So as we're playing these clips, I want to apologize ahead of time if there are any uh, curse words from Diamond. There, she was an incredibly passionate um, person. Is the best way to put it. <laughs> so she created the choo-choo. 
She did. I just love it so much. She just had so much passion and energy. It's it, it's incredible. My news from CNN for the same reason I don't eat out of the toilet. They're adorable. They really are so cute. <laughs> so good. I don't get my news from CNN. The same thing I don't, I don't get, get my water from the toilet. Lives, or is it something completely different? This is not about black lives. This no. is somebody pushing propaganda, their own narrative and down they, the throat. And they're using black lives as a pawn to push a white liberal agenda. Now understand this. We believe that black lives matter. We uh -huh. believe all lives matter. That's right. But Diamond and Silk will not be pumping their fists to an organization that wants to disrupt and dismantle the nuclear family. That means they want to take the man out of the home. Uh -huh. So where are black men are going to go? They can't fly with one wing. That's right. They want to take and they want to demonize them, then turn around, feminize them, and throw them somewhere in the corner. Uh -huh. Then what we do we have? That's we right. need our men to stand up and be leaders. Not only that, these people are full of Marxism. They like that kind of foolishness. That's right. We were born in this country, not as slaves, but free. Mm -hmm. So why are you trying to push socialism and communism down the throats of black people? Like, oh, this is what we should be going along with. That's right. So no, and not only that, they've taken in hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. How much of that money have gone to black lives, black neighborhoods, uh, black communities that was burned down, black businesses that was burned down during the riots these past months? That's right. How much of that money has come in for that? You see what I'm saying? But I bet you they've been given to that money has been going to these white left-leaning liberals. That's right. I bet you that. Mm -hmm. So no, they don't advocate for black lives. They could care nothing about black lives. It's a black lie organization right. that always pander, always want to take and, and, and create a narrative yep. to have people in an uproar. That's and right. I'm telling black people, minorities, even white people, listen, instead of looking at you all better start looking into Look in. what these organizations represent. She Come just, on. she, nobody speaks like her. No She one. came up with so many euphemisms instead of looking at, look in. Yeah. Like, I, she's just so smart. She's so intelligent. She's so quick. And that's why it, she, that's why she went viral because she had these snippets and we were all like, how did you come up with that? Right? One more clip here. So she's just incredibly sharp with it. She's so sharp. That's why Trump got behind them because yeah. he could see Trump so only gets sharp. behind uh, the best of the best. Yeah. And that's why he got behind these two. Yeah. Government dependent takes away the freedom for you to have an opportunity. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. See, I'm reminded by the late, great James Brown. Uh huh. I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Open up the doors and I'll go get it for myself. That's right, babe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo! I don't want your crumbs just to make a crumb cake. That's right. <laughs> How about you give us our own ingredients uh -huh. and we can make our own cake? That's right. 
government dependent Ooh. takes over. Ah, so it's so good. So, <laughs> like, she is so good, and she will be sorely missed. And I think that she was taken out by the enemy. I do too, and that's something that needs to be. Um, let me pull up this little. Oh, I don't have it actually. It's on resistancechicks.com on our, our show for today. Patriot Gallery had put up a cartoon that someone had done of, of her entering into heaven. And, and it's really, really good. But um, in these times that we're living in, if you speak out for truth, the devil is going to come after you. It's very, very important for you to be covered by the blood of Jesus. And very, um, it's, it's very rare that we see in our day and age what we could call a classic martyr. I think that you could probably put her in that category where regardless of you know, the, them, you know, kind of blowing some sort of CIA death dart at her or something like that. The enemy took her out. And I mean the real enemy. And let's keep our eyes on who the real enemy is mm -hmm. instead of looking at COVID or the vaccine or the LGBTQ, you know, community or the government or the CIA or the FBI, all of these things that we see as the enemy. Those are literally just tentacles of the real enemy that it is our job to take out. And we are doing it. And Diamond and Silk were exposing the real enemy. Yeah. And I, I am, I'm going to be selfishly honest just straight up selfishly honest. Over the years, for the past six years that we've been doing Resistance Chicks, we got our start maybe five months after Diamond and Silk came on this on the scene. Um, it was it was really around the same exact time. And so many times people would compare us as the white Diamond and Silk. If I had you know hundred bucks for every time somebody said that, I would be loaded. Okay, we kept meaning to do a show with them and we have enough connections that we could have easily have made that happen. I just kept waiting to, I, I don't like to make something happen. I like to wait for it to happen. I'm not a person, you guys need to know that when we do interviews, I'm not seeking these people out. They're all, all of them are coming to us to be interviewed. And we have so many people coming to us to be interviewed and we turn a lot of people away that I'm like, why would I go and seek out an interview with someone else? Because I feel like that they're big mm -hmm. and say no to this person because I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. But now that diamond has gone to be with Jesus, it's literally this big kind of gut wrenching regret that I didn't go and make that happen. Mm -hmm. But I also but live by God knows and if God had wanted us to interview them, yeah. then we would have. So Newsweek. So here, it, here are a pair of black women who, who shot to the, the fame because they were speaking truth to us in a way that everybody could understand, right? When it came to any of the Russia collusion, they came up with, with, with puns and, and really right. catchy phrases that helped us make sense of things. Like she... Like, especially, and, and, and not to disparage Silk, I'm sure she's incredibly intelligent too, but Diamond seemed to be the, the, the spokesperson, and they wouldn't have been the same without each other, by the way. Um, but she was so poignant and on point, and, and she grasped issues so well. But, so her sister has come out and demanded 
um, every social media uh, site that said that she died of coronavirus, coronavirus to be taken down or she would sue them wow. because it was not true. Um, she says, I will not allow you or any of these people to, the opportunity to, to disparage and slander and lie on my sister and I. Where's your proof that my sister was ever hospitalized due to COVID and that we were fired from Fox? And she still has her slogans, investigate before you celebrate. You, you have until, until noon, noon today to retract. To retract. Um, so we don't know. She hasn't told anybody how she died. I don't, I know, Leah and I had a conversation about whether this is going to be the end of Diamond and Silk. And Leah's like, I just don't see how Silk can go on without Diamond. And from an emotional standpoint, that's 100% true. However, when you do listen to Silk talk, she's incredibly quick and incredibly sharp. It's just Diamond had such a huge personality, personality that she dominated the conversation. But when you do see clips of Silk talking, do not think that you are going to walk over this woman. Okay, because she is a very strong and independent person. And a lot of times what you'll see in, in any kind of duo, the person that is the most, that is the loudest is only able to do that by the intelligence of the person that is behind them. So I think that there's a lot more to Silk mm -hmm. than, than, than meets the eye. And, and so I would say asking be for, wary. And, and people are, are uh, the left is, is getting mad at her for, for posting a GoFundMe for her, for, to keep her legacy going. Uh, she's, she said, I don't know, maybe I'll just make a big statue, but you know, yeah, give if you feel like you want to give. I think that it only, it's, I am so upset about this and we did not play this, um, but Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg came out and said, I'm not saying that I remember that they went on the view, by the way, mm. I'm not saying that I'm glad that she's gone or that she's dead, but the fact that her sister she's is laughing. coming out and raising a, 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 and doing a GoFundMe is hilarious to me. She used the word hilarious. Mm -hmm. You don't ever use the word hilarious when someone has died. No. Right. In the, when I was a kid, when someone died, it was just assumed you gave flowers. Mm -hmm. This is what you did. Okay. It's kind of stupid, whatever. Cause especially flowers are really expensive. They weren't back then. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm an adult and people die. And I, st when I first started seeing this request for people to donate to a, a, a cause or mm -hmm. something like that, I always thought that's kind of weird. Right. Yeah. I like the idea of donating to someone's legacy. Mm -hmm. I actually prefer the idea of just giving to somebody's family. Mm -hmm. Like, just give them money. We all want to do something. Why are we wasting $150 for a bouquet of flowers when we could all just give $150 to that family? Yeah. So my point is, I see absolutely nothing wrong. And it, giving the people something that they can do. When you find out that she's gone, you want to do something. What can you do? Well, not everybody can send flowers. Just donate to the GoFundMe, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, all right. Speaking of donating, if you guys want to donate, you can. Resistancechicks.com. There's a couple of donate options. You can also uh, send donations in the mail. P.O. Box 107, Milford, Ohio, 45150. And if you do send us your letters, which we actually prefer over donations, we will read them on air. We love hearing from you guys. Last but not least, please, please, please support the MyPillow guy, Mike Lindell. He is out there, mypillow.com forward slash RC. He is on the front lines. He is still running for RC chair as far as I know. 
RNC. Excuse me, RNC. RNC He's going to be the chair of Resistance if, and we, we would give him that for free. We wouldn't even vote on it. Well, my chair kind of I would give him the time. RC chair. I can give him a better chair than my chair. Your chair sinks. It does sink. We need a better chair. Uh, but uh, Mike Lindell is still fighting for the truth in our elections. There is uh -huh. a whole host of things that you don't even know that he's doing behind the scenes. And so we can fund him by buying his products and we yes. just so happen to have a promo code so it also supports resistance chicks speaking of another promo code that you guys can use and support which we didn't get a chance to do Mike earlier Adams. the brighteonstore.com promo code chicks over there uh there's a whole host of products some of my absolute favorites are the um Hawaiian astaxanthin, the king of carotenoids. This is literally a duct tape as far as I am concerned. I take it every day. It reduces inflammation. It helps the natural sunblock. There's a whole I host of ready. things that it does. And of course, uh, the nascent iodine in case we have nuclear fallout. You're going to want all of that. So <laughs> just visit thebrighteonstore.com and use promo code CHICKS there. One more I want to do. Organic body essentials. This is something that I'm using literally every day on my eyes. The Flawless Face Serum is hands down my favorite product next to the CBD tinctures that I've been using. My hip was killing me yesterday and I hadn't taken it in a few days. Actually, I hadn't taken it like six or seven days. I didn't need it. And so I just took like literally half of the thing. Boom, I'm good to go. Pain stopped within an hour. Um, so oh. I'm telling you what, organicbodyessentials.com. There's links in the description to get to the CBD version there. So um, guys, I'm telling you, it's it's the real deal. I'm not making it up. We would never, ever, ever tell you guys or to check out a product if we were not behind it a million percent. So, um, all right. We have uh, housekeeping is Sunday, World News Program, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Monday night, we're going to have on our buddy, Jimmy Alexander yeah. of Lazarus Life Ministries. Um, we got to watch this guy go from drug addict yes. to running a ministry, getting guys off of heroin and meth and all kinds of stuff. Pornography. So this is truly a God story. And you're Full not going to want to miss so it. So you're not going to want to miss That's going to be, mm, uh-huh. Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard watch Time. God regenerate so you can celebrate. That's right. And we're going to also be premiering. I think I decided on Wednesday, 730. I'll keep you posted on that one. Our Andrew Tate video. We're finally going to get that out. The Raw and Real episode with the Gibson girls. going to blow your mind. So we have a lot to look forward to. But in the meantime, visit our Rumble page. We've got a whole host of videos besides our mom's videos. I mean, Lee and I have been putting out content like it's nobody's business. We're doing videos in the living room. We're doing them after taking runs. We're doing all kinds of stuff. I've got one in the uh, works that I'm going to do. I've got a lot of passion in myself that I want to talk to you guys about something. Um, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. So you guys can stay tuned and look for that. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. We'll see you Sunday, 1.30. Bye, guys.